0: Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 92. My name is John and joining me today as always is Ryan.
1: Good morning. And
0: we are here to talk about uh, a number of things including all of these Galaxy's Edge updates and impressions that dropped earlier this week. Uh, We're going to talk about some celebration updates which we're very excited about. A little bit about Star Wars Resistance and how great that series has gotten in the last few weeks. Um, we're going to start by discussing Star Wars Always, this new trailer, uh, project that, uh, Topher Grace and his buddy Jeff York put together and put up online, uh, earlier this week. So Star Wars Always is this, um, would you call it, it's a trailer, I guess, but it's not really promoting any movie that's coming out. So a trailer is a weird word to use to describe it. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fan trailer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fan trailer, uh, compilation sort of thing that is, um, kind of just bringing together footage from all of the Star Wars films. And at first I thought it would just be all the saga films, but in fact it even includes Rogue One and Solo. So really like all of the Star Wars films, um, bringing footage together from all of those and trying to kind of tell the narrative of the Star Wars story, um, through all that footage. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really love it, Ryan. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think, because we haven't actually talked about it at all off air, but. Yeah. Um,
1: um, well, I mean, first of all, I think it's interesting that, uh, this is, uh, Topher Grace's, uh, first project following him playing David Duke <laughs> in, uh, in Black Klansman. Um, and, you know, obviously he was in that movie, um, with, uh, Adam Driver and I wonder if like just like being on the set working with Adam Driver like started getting these ideas in his head I don't know um how that worked but uh
0: I think Topher is a like a well-known big Star Wars guy huge huge Star Wars guy so okay I didn't uh,
1: actually know that about him yeah I I didn't I didn't know that about the um win a date with Tad Hamilton uh star Oh, come on now.
0: Come Co-star. on. star Yeah. Come on. Eric Foreman, Venom. He's been all yeah, over the place. He's... That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: he, I, I mean, I will say like he, Black Klansman is an amazing film. It was my pick for best movie of the year last year. Um, everyone should see it, uh, especially with like weird Star Wars connections. It's relevant to what we're saying here. He's an amazing actor, um, just in general and like yeah Topher Grace is awesome and even more awesome after uh, seeing this um I guess like my overall impressions were I gotta say I was not like super excited going into it um <laughs> honestly like I'm like I totally respect um like the fanfic fan video communities I think they do like awesome work and that's like just another way to be a Star Wars fan and um and that's awesome but like I don't really dive into that stuff um it's not really my scene or like what I'm interested in um so like when I saw that this was like you know a fan cut like I don't really like I don't watch the fan cuts of the movies or any of that stuff that's just not really what I'm interested in um but yeah, like it took me forever to watch it. Basically, like you made me watch it by saying we're talking about it on this show. Yeah. Um and then when I was I... getting
0: that impression that you were like not didn't really care and <laughs> yeah. didn't wanna But I was like, Well, we're doing it, so
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, uh but when I did finally watch it, um, I was really impressed. I think it's uh you know, it's um it it does feel like his personal take on like what's important in Star Wars like the stuff that he put in there was um obviously like very intentional um which scenes to use and which like lines of dialogue to um have going on um that was all very intentional and um i think like it's it's a cool glimpse into what um you know he values as a star wars fan what how he sees the the big picture of the saga um and also it's just really well made which you know you kind of expect from someone who's like works in hollywood and is like a prominent person in uh film um
0: yeah, and we should say too, it's it's Topher Grace, but also um, co-edited and kind of co-producer, what do you want to say, with uh, his friend Jeff York, who um, I, I'm not familiar with him, but I looked him up on IMDb and he has edited a bunch of short films. Um, he edited Drew, the man behind the poster, which I still haven't seen. I remember seeing a trailer for that at I think Celebration Five in 2010 in Orlando, maybe, um, and being like really excited for it, um, and it's the documentary about Drew Struzan, of course, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I have never seen that. I kind of like I knew it existed or that it was going to be happening, and then like when it came out, I don't think I really like caught on or knew that it was happening, so that it was coming out. Um, so I need to go back and watch that. I'm, I'm I really want to do that, um, and also um, edited uh, the return of the return of Jedi. Which, is that what you were wanting to call episode nine, Ryan?
1: No, I wanted to call it Return of the Jedi 2.
0: Oh, Return of the Jedi 2. That's right. Okay. So yeah, um, if you haven't seen it, I'll put a link in the show notes. But there was a a little uh, 10 minute sort of video that Kyle Newman made um, with you know, editor Jeff York here and Topher Grace is in it. And this was um, for the 30th anniversary of return of the Jedi. Um, And uh, it just features a bunch of celebrities like talking about why they love um, return of the Jedi so much. And um, it's cool. I like this better, but it's cool. So anyways, that's called the return of the return of the Jedi. So Hmm. um, he's done those things too. So yeah, it's, it's Topher Grace, but also um, this guy, Jeff York, who um, must also be a huge Star Wars fan and, uh, and um, did a really, Uh, really cool thing here with Star Wars always I think so
1: yeah so what are what are your thoughts on it
0: okay well i really loved it like i said um it gave me uh, i was i was watching it like through most of it i was like this is really cool i really like this and then it got to the final 30 seconds and i had like mm-hmm. total goosebumps and i was like oh my god this is like so good um so yeah i just i, I really loved it i thought there was a few moments because you said like hey this is like these are hollywood guys of course it's going to be really well done and and really good and it is i mean there's no way i could put together something like this it's really really good um there's a few moments though where i was like oh that doesn't quite totally work like it's a little little weird um feels kind of taped together um but you know you're taking all this footage from all these different movies and you're trying to tell this giant story in five minutes i think you know it's understandable um but to me the stuff that really really works and is like the best stuff in there i loved uh bail talking um about stopping the emperor um Mm -hmm. or the empire and and having that set to footage from not only revenge of the sith but also biggs and luke and like deleted scenes from a new hope yeah and that's one thing that's really cool about this is that they went in and like pulled deleted scenes, even like most of Bale's dialogue there, I think is from uh deleted scenes from revenge of the Sith. So yeah. that's like some deep cuts, you know, we're not just playing around with like footage straight from the movies. We're going in and pulling like whatever stuff we can to mm-hmm. make this really work. So I thought that was really good. And just like hearing Bale talk about it and then seeing like Anakin and the Stormtroopers marching on the, the steps, uh, you know, up to the Jedi temple. Like it was, I don't know. It's really cool. It, I think like the best thing about this um, video is that it brings together all of the different elements of the saga and the series. Um, It brings those together in a really successful way. And, you know, I love the prequels. I love all the Star Wars movies, but then there's times where you feel like, yeah, when, you know, the prequels are great. The original trilogy is great, but like the, them working together as one cohesive thing is not, totally doesn't totally work you know what i mean like i mean mean, they're both great um but i think if you just sit down and you show somebody the prequels and then you show them the original trilogy there's definitely a feeling of these are really two separate like times and two separate like series of movies that were put together like a real different time you know what i'm saying and 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 seeing this stuff cut together in this um video it makes it all feel so connected and so part of the same story so i thought that was great um the moment where it was uh uh Baru talking about how he has too much of his father in him um and then they're showing you know they're they're uh, juxtaposing that or cutting that together with like shots of Luke and Anakin invader and mm-hmm. um, that all worked really well, and it was a major star wars's poetry moment, which we've been bringing up a lot recently <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> after georgia's nineteen ninety seven nineteen ninety six interviews uh nineteen ninety six interviews with Leonard Moulton and the whole star Wars's poetry thing, so that was cool. Um, Luke and Kylo um their their battle in the last Jedi being kind of uh interposed with the shots of Ben and Vader that was like so good like really, yeah. really good yeah yeah really good um and then yeah the final 30 seconds is like oh my god it's the final 30 seconds is amazing it's i I kind of want to like cut that out and just have that on my phone just like pull up every once in a while and just like you know watch 30 seconds of like these like it's like the drums and like the really good music and just like tons of, of uh, shots of all these different characters from Star Wars and all these great moments from Star Wars I think what's so good about that last 30 seconds is that it's really fast but then the music is like incredible and then you just get so much Star Wars in those 30 seconds you know? <laughs> so uh, yeah that was awesome that was awesome I thought the the the, the parts that I was like eh, I don't know about this um, the the solo section where like because mm. it's it's talking about the empire the empire and it's talking about the skywalkers and like focusing on all that and then all of a sudden it's like here's like 30 seconds where the saga becomes all about han solo and i felt like that was weird did you get a weird feeling from that at all or no
1: not really um i feel like han solo's uh, essential to the uh the skywalker saga really oh, like had- i i i didn't feel like that was like out of place
0: he absolutely is. Like there's no doubt like Han Solo is such a huge part of the heart of Star Wars. You can't put together something like this um and not really feature Han Solo. But I just didn't feel like it was like naturally integrated into the larger story that was being told, you know? I felt like it was like a almost like a like if you're reading a book and and it has a narr- like one narrative and then they like take a chapter where they're like, "You know what? We're going to switch uh point of view here or we're going to do something where we like totally just like shift the focus and then we'll come back to Mm -hmm. what we were doing before afterwards and so it's fine but it just felt i don't know i think like smaller chunks of solo in different places instead of like let's tell the skywalker saga stop focus almost entirely on han solo for like 30 or 40 seconds and then go back to oh this is about anakin and luke and you know what i mean all that stuff it just felt like it was like inserted into the middle of this video and then We're going to transition into Han and then out of Han versus like, we'll just drop like Han stuff in throughout. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, I don't know a better way to do it necessarily. And it's not like I think I could have done a better job, but um, it's just one thing that struck me. And they use the, the, the tease, the music from the solo teaser, the bump, bump, and like the flipping of the switches and all that. And yeah. I was like, oh, you just cut and pasted that sort of from the solo trailer. So this feels like less like, I mean, it's not because it's not the same footage and they cut to all this new hope stuff. And But it was just like, it was a little too much in that moment where I was like, it felt like a compilation of Star Wars trailers instead of them kind of doing their own thing, you know, mm. I don't know. I guess I'm being overly critical here and like really No, I mean if <laughs> down it, into the if leads, it but... felt
1: off to you, it felt off to you. Like I don't think um I don't think there's like a I mean there is a critical lens to look at <laughs> fan trailers, but um I don't think like either of us are like well versed in that. <laughs> yeah. Um also I think it's like I don't know if it's necessary. <laughs>
0: No, a hundred. No, it's not. Because I'm like, I'm thinking it's like, <laughs> of some, these guys put together this really cool thing that I'm getting a ton of enjoyment outlet of, and uh, nobody paid him to do it. And, you know, it was an, a labor of love. And like, so what's the point of sitting here and, and picking it apart? But I'm coming at it from a thing where, uh, from a perspective where I'm like, I love this video. I really love this video. Like I've watched it like five or six times. I'm going to keep watching it. Like, I think it's amazing. So when you really love something, you know, it's like, when I talk about problems with any of the Star Wars movies that I really love too, it's like, if I really love it, like I'm going to pay it enough respect to think about it critically. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, if I don't like something, that's when I'm like, "Nope, that sucked. And you know, I just move on versus yeah. this. I really love it. So I'm actually thinking um, about it on a, on a little bit more intense level. Uh, I think could have used more Leia also because there wasn't a ton of Leia in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But whatever. Uh, did you notice like, and one we'll, we'll transition out of talking about, uh, Star Wars always here pretty quickly. But, uh, one thing I thought was really interesting too, is there was the line about the chosen one in there and it cut to footage of Luke. And I definitely got a, wait, do these guys, like, are they considering Luke to be the chosen one sort of moment there, you know? Um, and obviously there's people that, that think of Luke as, as the chosen one, but I just thought that was kind of a, An interesting take like maybe they were kind of advancing their own sort of perspective on that
1: yeah um no I think like as I kind of said it like at the beginning like this is you know a great uh lens into like how um you know these guys view um the Star Wars saga and I think they I think it's more kind of playful than like they're trying to, like, pass this agenda (laughs) about, like, um, you know, what's, uh, what's really going on in Star Wars, um, but I thought they, like, that was kind of neat, um, like, I don't know if it's, like, exactly, like, it's not exactly how I feel, um, obviously, but, like, that, I thought that was, like, a playful touch uh a a different way to read it same with um the part where um they are cutting um they're cutting back and forth and there's uh dialogue the um you know the conversation between obi-wan and yoda where um it's like that boy is our last hope no, there is another, and then it like cuts to Ray. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was like really clever and again kind of playful, but um, you know, obviously in um, Return of the Jedi, they're referring to Leia, but like here, it's like, well, <laughs> what about if we, you know, kind of imply that it's Ray?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So that was one of my favorite moments too, and I didn't. I didn't necessarily interpret it that way that they were attempting to sort of like um reevaluate that line from Return of the Jedi as much as like they were saying, you know, hey, you know how like in the original trilogy, Leia was our next hope. Well, I, I like almost like they just took that line out of context because it works really well to describe Rey also. Yeah. But not, not, I don't know if you were suggesting maybe like it's like recontextualizing or or like sort of going back and saying oh actually they weren't even because you know people love to do that with like the original trilogy or like old like they love to go back and be like yeah but you know in empire strikes back when yoda said this he might have been talking about this thing from the clone wars and it's like no the clone wars didn't exist he wasn't talking about a thing from the clone wars and i hate it i hate it hate it hate it when we try to like go back to these movies that were made in the 80s and be like um, actually that was totally about um, Hondo Anaka you know from season two of Cl- no it was not it, it wasn't it was not like yeah I feel like that's disrespectful to the movies and it drives me
1: crazy um,
0: even though George kind of
1: did that himself with like the prequels
0: he, yes he yeah
1: he, <laughs> but well, he had the right to do that
0: yeah yeah I mean and that's a little different too because even even with the prequels you're like there's like all kinds of stuff where obi-wan said whatever in the original trilogy and then completely like it just doesn't make sense with what happens in the prequels but oh, oh yeah <laughs> i don't go back and watch the original trilogy and think like actually what obi-wan met here yeah. I, I watched the the original trilogy and i'm like oh there's a moment where george screwed up you know like i don't know <laughs> i can just accept it like eh, <laughs> totally. you know yeah but anyway um but yeah. that's
1: that's fun. That's um, again like taking Star Wars like as myth, as legends, as these like stories that are told by different narrators, by um, you know from different times. Um, like you can recontextualize um, a lot of it depending on the certain point of view. Yeah. And yep. that's something that's fun about Star Wars. Like, it's, I don't think, like, the Star Wars story, the saga is, like, this very, like, linear, correct line that we have, like, you know, firsthand evidence of, like, these, um, you know, these events occurring. Because, like, even our quote unquote primary sources, the films, those are uh, inconsistent at times, and but that all just kind of goes back to the idea of like, you know, Star Wars are, Star Wars is myth. Like these stories change. Like you can read, you know, five different books on Greek mythology, and like there's going to be, you know, differences between all of them and um and I think that's like cool and fun and I think it is fun to like recontextualize stuff like as we get like other stories whether it's like expanded universe or like new canon or like you know comics books uh cartoons like whatever it is like yeah you you can think about things differently but still be like we don't know what happened that was a long time ago in a galaxy that's far far away from here how are we supposed to know yeah so yeah
0: everybody's got their own perspective on that which i you know is cool i'm a little bit of a curmudgeon i guess at times because like for me i love ahsoka tano i love that character i love you know seeing watching reading new stories with her i'm all about ahsoka at the same time i never watch revenge of the sith and think about how anakin just got done hanging out with ahsoka like it doesn't happen yeah and but like that does not pose a problem for me either um and i know like for some people that probably does pose a problem or for some people like they totally think about ahsoka a ton when they watch revenge of the sith all of the above I think is fine, you know, so it's just whatever. Um, but actually now, you know, kind of like thinking back to that line that we're discussing, the whole, no, there is another, um, it's really the way they use it in this trailer is like almost uh, exactly the way it was used in, or not that line, but the, the uh, um, you know, I have this power, my father had it, you know, you have that power too uh, line that I kind of screwed up there, but that Luke uses in that Force Awakens trailer. Um, and it's like, you're not supposed to think when you listen to that line in that trailer, like, oh, he was talking about Ray the whole time. You just understand that they've taken that line from Return of the Jedi and they're just using it as a way of describing something else, but you're not supposed to go back to Return of the Jedi and be like, oh my God, when he was talking to Leia on Endor, he was talking about Ray in the future because he'd been to the world between worlds, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but don't doubt that there are people out there who would like advance that theory, like on a blog or whatever yeah. and good for them. Cause you know, you're yeah, having fun with Star totally Wars, fine. Yeah. It's totally fine, but it's also something that, you know, is a pet peeve of mine, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh my God. No, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I guess that's, uh, that's mostly it from, from, Oh, the other thing I was going to point out too, um, talking about uh you know drawing lines in the sand or taking stances on issues i think all of the ot footage is pre-special edition um Mm. it did not look like blu-ray quality footage uh and i don't know if they did that because you know they were using so many deleted scenes and they wanted it to look a little more consistent you know like i guess it kind of makes the deleted scenes um look less low quality if all the original trilogy stuff is like pre-blu-ray but I'm thinking maybe they are not like special edition fans. And so they uh, they didn't want to use any special edition footage. Uh, you know, that's a possibility. And an interesting thing to consider, since we just finished up our 1997 episode last week, all focused on 1997 and the special editions, which, uh, you know, we both love. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure Topher and Jeff are, are special edition fans.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, Han definitely shoots first. In oh, is that footage in here? Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing that's very important to people that uh, I didn't even notice. Like, <laughs> it's not a. Um... Oh, I
1: I always notice it. Like, I, I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what Star Wars discourse was like. Probably, I guess, like pre prequels, and then even post prequels, like ninety seven through probably like two thousand twelve. Like, that's, uh, that, I don't know, that was definitely the conversation I kept, uh, finding myself in against my will yeah. <laughs> when talk- talking about Star Wars with people, um, yeah. for that time period, but now, now... Now there's so much more Star Wars for people to be really mad about. So, like, it's great. Like, we don't have to just talk about like Han shooting first or Jar Jar Banks anymore
0: yeah that's i mean that's definitely an interesting um element of the way things have evolved with star wars because it was really fun in the 90s and and well i guess to the 90s um to just have those three movies to obsess over and like focus on every little detail and argue about that stuff and it made the original trilogy really special um at the same time now that we have the ot the prequels and the sequel trilogy plus all these tv shows and galaxy's edge and everything else um it is uh it is easier to not get hung up on the little moments that, you know, might bother you or, you know, certain storytelling elements that aren't your favorite. Like I don't love, uh, Darth Maul being in solo, but it's like one moment out of how many 11 movies now soon to be 12. Um, and so many other things. It's like, you know, that's just not the part that I love all that much, but I can not worry about it versus if there were only three Star Wars movies and one of them featured spider legs, Darth Maul at the end, um, you know, (laughs) it'd be a little bit more of a big deal so yeah yeah uh anyway star wars always if you have not watched it um definitely check it out if uh to me it's like if you want a five minute reminder of what you love about star wars then um this is a pretty good way to spend those five minutes and i just think the whole thing has a ton of heart as well like they, mm-hmm. they really like you can feel the the love in the trailer or the video or whatever you want to call it so um i think definitely worth uh Taking a look at so and hopefully ryan you don't regret that i that i uh uh, i kind of um tricked you into watching it so
1: no it was fine all right (laughs) no it's good i liked it yeah cool
0: um okay well let's uh let's talk about all these galaxy's edge impressions and updates that dropped Uh last week i think like wednesday night yeah uh, it was so weird Yeah, because I woke up at like, you know, 530 in the morning to get ready for work on Thursday and it was like, oh, by the way, um, I had the YouTube notification that that StarWars.com had done the the Andy Gutierrez like, like emergency video. Oh my God, there's all this Galaxy's Edge news. And I was like, well, when did that happen? Like, did they drop that at like midnight or something? I think they did, right? There was like basically like an an embargo like there is on Mm -hmm. video game reviews, right? Like at this time, but I don't know what time it was, but it was late.
1: Um, It was 10 p.m. uh, my time, mountain time, Mm -hmm. Um, because what happened was I was about to go to sleep. Um, I usually go to sleep at about 9.30, and um, I... For whatever reason, which I try not to do because I always end up getting like riled up if I check Twitter, check Twitter. before going to bed. Like yeah. I always try to just like read a book or something, um, before before bed and not be on the internet. But um, for whatever reason, I checked Twitter and like a bunch of people I follow on Twitter, like um, like Clayton Sandall and um. Uh, Bresnikin and stuff were like 15 minutes, Star Wars fans. (laughs) And I was like, oh, why are you teasing stuff like this late? What are you doing? Um, so, but then I was like, well, now I have to like stay up for like another, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it was. And so I did. And I was like, just like refreshing my Twitter feed. And then, like, all of a sudden, My Twitter feed was like Amy Radcliffe posting, um, you know, Galaxy's Edge, um, like, you know, Bresnikin, Clayton, like, um, you know, all these, uh, all these people um, were posting Galaxy's Edge stuff at at 10 at night. Um,
0: Yeah, well, and last week I had been on a lot of the times when I would have been checking Twitter and stuff, I was like, busy cutting up our 1997 Power of the Force episode into a million pieces because we spent like two and a half hours talking about it and it was too long for one podcast. Um, So I was like way behind on Twitter. And uh, I didn't see the Anthony Bresnikin tweet Um, which I love that Anthony does this. And uh, all the coverage that we're going to look at and talk about here in our notes for Galaxy's Edge uh, updates, I just pulled from Entertainment Weekly and from Anthony Bresnikan because I think he is the best. I love him. Um, But anyway, he posted a tweet last week uh, that he always does when he's got Star Wars news, which is the Bill Murray Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. And Mm -hmm. I didn't see that. Had I seen that, I think I would have lost my mind because I would have thought it was like episode nine or something you know because he only does that when he's got like because with like the galaxy's edge uh stories there's like seven stories it's like a lot of info and so he like parcels it out i mean i think he put them all up at once this time but usually when there's like a week of star wars news like uh, and he's got a different couple stories every day he'll post that bill murray you know gif beforehand and you know to get pumped like it's gonna be cool Um, and this is really cool but I think I would have been like a little let down had I seen the Bresnikan tweet and thought, oh, my God, we're getting episode nine news. So i um, kind of glad that I was a little behind on that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I wasn't like expecting anything major episode nine because of like the time. Because I didn't notice that, like, earlier in the week either. I didn't notice it until, like, literally right before I was going to bed. So, um, so that, so, okay, like. so you didn't I, have
0: too much time to get, like, all overly. No, I up. was
1: like, there's going to be something Star Wars. Um, but they're not going to drop, like, a trailer or character names or anything. Um, you know, it at 10 p.m i thought it was going to be related to the rumors um around like the next tv series yeah i thought it was going to be like you know ewan mcgregor has signed on officially for an obi-wan tv series for disney plus like that was like the kind of thing i was expecting like no pictures no information just like the you know this this actor signed on <laughs> like right right uh it's official um mm-hmm. kind of thing but yeah but no i was like i was surprised when it was galaxy's edge and i i read the stuff and i was like cool and then i went to bed happy
0: <laughs> yeah so i had to like read i i've been reading stuff ever since about galaxy's edge cuz there's so many different like journalists and stuff who mm-hmm. have written about it um seems like what they did is they took a group of journalists like a week or two weeks ago now, probably to galaxy's edge and let them check it all out and, and write up their impressions and then, you know, set this embargo time and everybody posted uh, all at once, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so uh, I, I guess the last thing I'll say real quick in this lengthy preamble to actually discussing the information that came out, but um, the uh, the episode 9 trailer, info, title, whatever, all that stuff, like, I'll probably be wrong, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud on a podcast, but I think that ship has officially sailed until, you know, April of 2019, I think, like. It's going to be Star Wars Celebration before we find out anything else about episode nine. And I am now at peace with that. I had a couple of weeks in January and February where I was like, really, the blood pressure was up. I was like, you know, uh, you know, kind of looking around, looking over my shoulder, like around every corner, you know, like it's going to happen anytime now. (laughs) And now I'm just like. Okay, well, no, we're waiting till April, and and when it happens in April, it's going to be you know bananas. So, I think that's what's going on. But
1: yeah, I mean, the last thing we'll say about this before like we we officially bury it until uh you know April twelfth or whenever it's probably going to happen. Um, like I was expecting just the title and the logo to be out before Celebration because I would think that they would want to, like, have, like, giant banners and, like, you know, have, like, all that stuff, like, up at Celebration and, like, they'd want to sell you merchandise with, uh, you know, the Episode nine logo and, like, you know, as soon as they start printing, mass printing, like, those t-shirts or posters or whatever, like, that that's gonna leak like um like immediately so like you you'd think that um they'd be planning that but i guess not
0: yeah and i think that's a smart take and i think that's true in a lot of ways but then i'm also like i don't know hasbro has so many images of these like episode nine characters now that because they take so it takes so long to like make figures and there's all kinds of licensors that have a bunch of like episode nine info right now as far as like designs and you know characters and all that and very little of it is leaked and then the other thing too is like well they're gonna you know i'm looking at my force awakens poster that i got in anaheim in 2015 at the trailer panel you know and it has the title and and all that stuff on there and it's like i don't remember the the force awakens title was already out so it wasn't an issue but i bet disney's got they've got some printing machines somewhere you know what i mean and there's a way (laughs) that they can probably do it and keep it you know fairly um as far as, like, posters go, T-shirts maybe is a little tougher. I don't know. But, uh, mm. you know, we'll see. I mean, it, they can do all kinds of banners and, and, and you know, branding and everything that just features, like, episode nine or something on there if they don't want to mm. get the title out ahead of time. Um, and it won't make that big of a difference. I mean, I would buy a T-shirt that says episode nine and looks really cool. It, you know, it doesn't <laughs> have to have the title of the movie on it um, sure. necessarily. So so we'll see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter at this point because it's, like you know we're, we're pretty much just all have our uh, our site set on april and and i think that's when yeah. it's coming so yeah. right, let's talk about smugglers run oh, i'm sorry let's talk about galaxy's edge um and then <laughs> first thing let's talk about is smugglers run um i feel like you know like the info on smugglers run and rise of the resistance was really cool that we got but it's also like these are two topics that they've been talking about a lot mm. for a while um yeah so I think the Smuggler's Run thing, the big takeaway is Hondo is going to be really cool. Oh my uh,
1: God, yeah.
0: It looks a little weird. You know, it's like, uh, it, as as I always does, like if you take something that you've only seen on like the the page or, um, you know, in an in animated, you know, format and then you put it into live action uh, or, mm-hmm. or whatever, animatronics, you know. Yeah. Animatronics I mean, look kind of weird anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> there,
1: there's definitely an adjustment period, especially when you're coming from something like as um, you know, stylized as that like Star Wars animation. Yeah. Um but I think it they did a really good job. Um I mean I've only seen that one like three second gif that's been floating around. But um like Man, the, it looks when, awesome.
0: When you get there and you see animatronic condo like gesturing because like that character he gestures a lot when he speaks yeah. and stuff and then you hear um hondo's voice coming out of that animatronic thing and all that i think it's gonna be really really cool it's also interesting that they've like they they were really clear about this is our second most sophisticated um animatronic you know uh creature because we do have that thing at that navi thing or whatever at uh at pandora land or like every (laughs) preview i read mentioned that like it's there is something better at the Avatar place. And I'm like, you
1: you are legally bound <laughs> to show Avatar respect. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We <laughs> built the damn thing, so we better better try to find a way to make people interested in it. Like, no, I, I don't know what the uh, success of that place has been. Maybe maybe it sells hella tickets or something. I don't know. But uh, anyway. uh and then the other thing too and this is this is also true of rise of the resistance but reading the smugglers run um previews which i guess if if anybody is unaware the smugglers run is the millennium falcon uh ride um so but reading those previews the big thing that i was kind of taken away from it is like how cool it will be to be in those lines because it sounds like they're doing a lot to make the experience of you know walking through and like getting funneled into the rides really cool but then specifically with smugglers run when you get to the last kind of waiting area you're in the lounge of the millennium falcon and it sounds like they take a handful of groups because you're going to be in groups of six they take a handful of groups in there and you can just like walk around for a few minutes and take photos and sit on the couch in the falcon and just sort of like be there um and uh You know, reading impressions, I think, um, you know, I don't know if the Brez said this, I don't remember or not, but reading impressions, there were people saying like, it was like totally like a tear up moment. Like I'm actually here. It looks incredible. You feel like you're on the Falcon and I would probably wait a couple hours just to walk around in that lounge. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. without the, the Falcon ride afterwards. So I think that's going to be going to be really, really cool.
1: Yeah. I think, um, with both, um, Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance, um, I think it these articles did alleviate some of my fears about the uh the cues. Um and them like we know we're going to be waiting in line for like multiple hours at these for like probably the first five years, maybe forever, um at, at Galaxy's Edge, but it's just a matter of like Is it going to be enjoyable or are you going to like be standing there like hating it the whole time for like three hours? And it it really does sound like there's like if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, you are going to be entertained. Like there are going to be so many um, things to look at and so many like little details to kind of focus on. Um, that like, I think our, even if our, uh, we're physically bored and stagnant, like I think our, our brains are going to be going a mile a minute. Like once we're, once we're in those lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, with the whole like immersion is the buzzword with, with galaxy's edge, but even if just the structures that you're waiting in feel really immersive and Mm -hmm. feel like. Oh, I'm waiting like in a, in a, in a, like a Masasi temple type, you know, um, environment. And it feels really like, you know, I don't look across the, the, out the, you know, opening and, and see some churro stand or whatever, or like see like a, <laughs> a Mickey mouse, whatever thing, going, like if it just feels really immersive and all that, um, just being there, I mean, I'm not going to get to go to galaxy Edge very often. You know, I don't live in Orlando or California. I'm not going to be able to go like once a month or anything. So I'm going to go there once every couple of years at best. And when I'm there, um, it's not very often you have that experience of feeling like I'm on like a set of a star Wars movie, except actually more immersive than a set of a star Wars movie because, you know, on set, you'd always be able to look just off screen and there would be, you know, the real world over there. And I think that um, it sounds like this will be uh, really immersive and, you know i think that's going to be itself really exciting but then all the stuff that they're going to have with the app and and different things too should make it really uh pretty good um so yeah and and you know similar stuff with rise of the resistance uh, there's an animatronic nine nine num did you see that uh that, that in there they, they have an animatronic nine num and and they have uh the the original voice actor they went and found and got him to do um the voice work for that um so that should be cool
1: Yes. And I, that was, uh, that was known a while ago that, that, uh, that his voice actor would be showing up. If I remember correctly, I remember reading that like earlier.
0: I think you're right. But I didn't know, like after seeing the video of the animatronic condo and then hearing that there's also an animatronic, uh, nine numb, like, I'm like, okay, this is going to be really cool. So, and and we might've known it, but, um, not something that I really remember too well. Um, but then we also have daisy ridley john boyega oscar isaac and adam driver contributing um to that ride not shocking i mean john boyega i think maybe only him maybe daisy ridley also um but they're they're in uh star tours now you know so adam driver you know i'm a little surprised they got adam driver to do a theme yeah. video or whatever <laughs> it is but maybe it's just best uh, work for him
1: yeah, maybe it was like part of his contract. Yeah, who knows <laughs> when know. he signed on for the movies.
0: And he's probably also like just a really great guy who's easy to work with. But for some reason, we all have this impression of him that he's like very dark and serious all the time. You know what I mean? But he, he, he Well, I think like...
1: there was like there was like one article like like five years ago where they were talking about Force Awakens and like someone was like, "Yeah, he's a he's." he's like a method actor like he really gets into it and then we've like taken that so far (laughs) to be like you know he just sits in the dark and um you know molds vader armor (laughs) i don't know
0: yeah and listens to like mid-2000s emo music and uh you know like really melodramatic you know yeah yeah no probably not um But so, I mean, that all sounds really cool. Uh, there was the there was the part in there, I don't know if this was from this story or another one, where they went and got, like, one of the original R2, um, uh, not puppet, but one of the original R2 props or whatever, um, and then, like, made impressions of the feet and treads on the bottom of R2, and then they used that to, like, make tracks all through the resistance um, area. Uh, so you're, like, following the R2 um, tracks, I think, to get to where you need to go in... They, you know, they could have made that like with anything because you don't really know what R2's feet look like or whatever, you know, but they (laughs) actually went and got like the real thing. And so um, the emphasis on authenticity is there, which I think will be really cool. Yeah. Um, And then the most interesting thing from maybe all the stories to me. I really feel like the Brez, you know, Anthony Bresnik in here, uh, the Brez as Steele Saunders calls him is, uh, is hinting at something he knows, or maybe he's just getting a feeling and he's just communicating that. But I don't know. I don't know if Anthony knows more than the rest of us do at this point, as far as the episode nine story goes. I mean, I almost think maybe he doesn't because why are they sharing that kind of stuff with him, you know, at this point? Um, but then he's connected. So who knows? Anyway there's this Uh quote here that I pulled out. The story of galaxy's edge is that the resistance and the first order are both visiting black Spire outposts in search of something. Maybe December's episode nine will illuminate that more. And then there was another line in another story where he suggested something very similar. Like who knows, maybe we'll find out in episode nine, what it is that everybody's on the, on the hunt for here. So I don't know if, you know, maybe at the preview that they all went to, um, you know, some of the Disney PR people or the, or whoever was kind of walking them through was hinting at that a little bit. And so, the, you know, some of these writers are just picking up on it. But um, there's the rumors out there that, that episode nine is going to feature both the First Order and the Resistance, like hunting for something, like racing to get to something before the other side does. And so then seeing lines like this, you know, oh, maybe they're both visiting, you know, Black Spire outpost looking for something in search of something. It just makes me think like, I don't know maybe maybe there's a like a pretty tangible episode nine connection here which would be really cool
1: yeah um what when does uh when does galaxy's edge take place like after the...
0: after the last jedi and before episode nine
1: okay yeah. okay Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah because you know you have you're gonna have like ray and finn and all these characters and you know i mean it just kind of has to be i we don't know how episode nine ends but you want kylo ren to be part of it you want all these characters to be part of it and um i think who knows what the fate of all those characters is in episode right so it's kind of you know and and episode nine like can you imagine like if they had if they had made a theme park all star wars focused in the mid 80s or the early 80s or whatever um it just feels like to me like it would make sense to do something set between empire and jedi because you know jedi and you know where it's going and so being involved in what in the lead up to the conclusion would be fun for for fans you know um and i think it wouldn't necessarily work as well if it's like cool you just saw return of the jedi and you have no, like we're never probably going to really tell you anything about what happens after return of the jedi but now Immerse yourself in the post Return of the Jedi. Like, there's no conclusion to it. You know what I mean? I feel like there was, yeah. there's like a, there, there would be a, a, the satisfaction wouldn't be there because what are you contributing to? You don't know the story that you're, you know what I mean? So to mm-hmm. take a time period that's in the middle of something that you know, but you know where it's going and you can contribute to where it's going um, or be part of where it's going, I think that makes more sense. So,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. But, but anyway, um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and, And I guess that's the other thing, too, is like if it does have this tangible connection to episode nine and there is something like some kind of, you know, item or resource that that both sides are after and you and you'll learn about that in episode nine and that'll be part of the conclusion of the saga, then I think that will continue to be cool for a long time, you know. Um, to have that be part of the story when you go to galaxy's edge because it i guess it, it gives it importance basically would be a, a a simple way to sum that that up i guess what i'm trying to get to it would make it feel mm-hmm. pretty important and pretty cool so uh yeah and then there was a story called how galaxy's edge connects to the larger star wars storyline um which kind of like gave some more background on Betu, and i think that was cool the the discussion of the actual black spire itself in the middle of the park, I think is, is really cool. Um, and there's not a lot of details on that stuff or anything, but just, uh, it just kind of goes into how much thought was put into the story and, and, the world building and, and all that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, the, the black spire, the, it's like petrified wood, I think is what they said. And so it turns into like almost like a, like a mineral type thing. And that's what gives it its look um but there's like these spires all throughout Batu, and, and I saw um somewhere in EW's coverage I saw like a quote from Doug Chang saying he was really satisfied that they came up with something visually that was very distinctive and very you know unique and can give Batu like its own sort of flavor and uh yeah I'm looking forward to seeing that in person I think that sounds really cool the spires all over and then the the specific the black spire in the center of the park
1: yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, yeah. I kind of like, didn't really think about the Black Spire and like what it, I was just like, oh, Black Spire Outpost, that's a Star Wars sounding thing. Yeah. Like, and then, but there's an actual Black Spire.
0: Yeah. In the middle. And, and, uh, in, in in you know, I was reading in the, in those stories too, that and this is very star Wars and very cool is that the mythology around like how that came to be, what it represents, you know, what people, how people interpret it in galaxy, um, in the universe is sort of, there's different stories and different takes on it. And there's no one kind of like canon, you know, Oh, this is what it means, or this is how it happened or whatever. It's like more of a mythic type thing, um, that, uh, that the, the in universe, um, characters would, would be unsure of and kind of tell stories about and stuff. So I think that's I really like cool. I like that. Yeah. 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 Um, There was a story about the Play Disney Parks app and how you'll be able to use that to sort of like, I think like almost like Google Translate, like you can hold it up to signs that are in Aurebesh and translate what the signs say, um, which sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was awesome that, you know, apparently you'll be able to, I think you have to like solve some puzzles or something to unlock this maybe or or whatever but you can kind of like eavesdrop on resistance or first order broadcasts and 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 you know kind of like it will be telling the story of what's happening in the park that day sort of thing and you can kind of like over hear that or whatever huh. uh, which i think that sounds so cool you know like you're stuck in line you're sitting around in line and you know not only can you scan like boxes and different things like within the the area that you're waiting in and you know use that to like unlock i think like puzzles and stuff or maybe you have to do puzzles to be able to scan those and unlock them and that sort of thing but then there's also these broadcasts you can listen to um so it sounds sounds pretty cool
1: yeah i mean i hope like this kind of stuff isn't like quote unquote spoiled before you know, we actually get to do it. I think that's, like, a weird thing because, like, we're now at a point where um, theme park spoilers can exist. Um, and, like, I hope that people recognize that not everyone is going to get to go to this the first week or month or year and not just, like, fill their Twitter with just like hey check this out and like have everything broken down like i i think it like cuz it's cool to be able to like figure this stuff out and experience it on on your own
0: yeah i know what you mean um but i kind of feel like it's borderline i don't know like i feel like it would be kind of hard to spoil and actually i was thinking about that i was i was reading all this coverage um, it was a little bit of a, we're going to tell you a lot about what's going on in Galaxy's Edge and we're going to really kind of like give you a detailed breakdown of what the experience is because we know you're going to hear about it anyway, um, mm-hmm. number one. But then also I'm just thinking like a lot of this, okay, so this is something I was thinking about too like before we started recording. There, it sounds like there's only like two really major rides or really rides at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Because these you know journalists have been walking around Galaxy's Edge and nobody mentioned anything about little you know, teacup-sized rides or anything like that. And I don't think there's going to be anything like that. And I think with them wanting it to be so immersive and all that, it wouldn't really make sense to have little amusement park rides all over the place. So it seems like the experience of the park is going to be, there's these two major um, attractions, and then the rest of it is all just about the immersion and getting kind of, like, sucked into this world. And, for instance, some of the coverage I was reading of the... Uh, the rise of the resistance ride talked about the feeling of walking into the tie fighter hangar on the star destroyer and just the enormity of the room and the feeling that overcome, I think it was Clayton Sandell actually who said he teared up walking into that room and it's not even finished yet, but just mm-hmm. walking into it, just like the overwhelming feeling of being there. It's like, how do you ruin that? How do you spoil that? You know, and, and even like this information, like these broadcasts, um, from the, from the, the app, um, I would imagine there's not like twenty minutes of, well, maybe there is, I don't know, but I feel like it would be different at different times of the day, and it would be different based on sort of like what your experience in the park has been so far. And it would just, when I read about that, like the the broadcast, I feel like it's the kind of thing that it's it's only going to be really cool because you're there in the park and you feel like it's happening to you and around you, you know. And so if I read somebody post a little synopsis of what their broadcast said six months before I go to galaxy's edge. I don't feel like that'll really take away from the experience of, Oh my God, I'm listening into the resistance and they're somewhere in this park and I can see people walking around that are in, co- I just feel like it's the experience of being there and soaking it all in. That is really going to be, I I'd, like, I know what's going to happen on the Millennium Falcon ride already. And I don't think that'll spoil being on the ride for me like at all. Cause I think it's going to be, you know, just the experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Um, okay, so last couple things about Galaxy's Edge, basically, is the stuff you can buy. Um, <laughs> either the stuff you can buy at the shops or the food you can eat uh, while you're there. So this was some of the most exciting stuff for me, um, is uh, is is seeing some of the merch, I guess, in the food. Uh, but then it was also some of the most heartbreaking <laughs> Um uh, at least with the, the, the gear, the stuff you can buy. Because I'm just like, I don't think, I don't see how I'll ever be able to buy any any of this stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, wallet breaking.
0: Yeah, wallet breaking. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of photos. I will definitely link to the stories and you should click through and, and check out all these photos if you haven't seen them yet. But some of the stuff I thought was most interesting as far as the shops, um, the uh, the clothing they're going to sell like these Jedi cloaks and Ray scavenger outfits and all this stuff looks Mm -hmm. like super high quality and super, super cool. Um, But then I'm thinking like, if I want to buy that cloak, that's like $300 probably. Uh, Oh,
1: at least. And I don't want
0: to buy that cloak because I, I'm not really sorry to anybody who does this, but usually just seeing like normal dude or woman wearing Jedi robe is like, to me, the least interesting kind of Star Wars look for cosplay because you never look like a jedi you kind of always just look like a dude in a robe you know so i'm probably not going to buy one of those myself but, but the price has got to be
1: yeah but dude dude in a robe is a pretty good look though <laughs> like generally if you're talking speaking, about the big lebowski yeah
0: no you uh, know what there's actually there's a lot of like men out there that are a lot more handsome than i am or have uh have uh, a sort of quality to them. I guess if you look like a movie star and you put on the Jedi robe, you can look kind of cool. But a lot of times I just feel like, you know, that's that guy in accounting. Only now he put on a rope. You know what I mean? So I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh,
1: all, but then what they're probably missing is like the Jedi rat tail. The, <laughs> like the the braid. Once you get that going on, boom, <laughs> done.
0: No. Whatever, I, man.
1: I'm like, I'm all about buying this stuff like i don't want to be the dude walking around galaxy's edge in t-shirt and jeans and sandals with socks like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be robed out like i'm gonna look like i belong there
0: okay all right well maybe not
1: maybe not like i don't know if i'll do like a jedi robe um because also like if this is between episodes eight and nine like how are how are there a bunch of Jedi walking around here? Um, but like I'm a, I'm a, I'll probably like I'll save up and get some scavenger gear. Sure.
0: Well, see that's that's my thing. And first off, who cares what I say about this? Because if you have a Jedi robe and you wear it and you rock it and you look cool, like good for you. I'm sure you look awesome. Um, and uh, and and that's fine. But to me, I just think certain costumes from Star Wars translate better to cosplay than others. So for instance. I don't think I've ever seen a Ray Scavenger uh, like cosplay that doesn't look great because that yeah. costume just translates well to like people wearing it and looking cool still. Um, First Order like or 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 Empire like or Rebellion like the soldiers like the the gear like mm-hmm. whatever that always looks good because when you watch the movie and you see some you know Imperial officer in their officer gear they just look like a dude wearing some gear you know but there's something like. And actually, the thing I hate most in Star Wars, probably visually, is uh, the like thousands of Jedi in the arena in Attack of the Clones, because I Ugh. think they all look, even in that moment, they're they're actually like extras in a Star Wars movie. To me, they look exactly the way I feel like dudes wearing Jedi robes look, which is like generic ass Jedi, just like super generic, like just generic. I, I don't like it at all. You know, um, yeah.
1: to, to quote Padme Amidala, you are breaking my heart.
0: You like that? You like all the, dude, the hundreds of generic know, Jedi in, in the Attack of the Clones arena scene? How I
1: feel about the battle in Genesis.
0: I'm um, not saying I don't like. Well, I don't really like the battle, but even uh, if I was,
1: <laughs> dude, get out of here! <laughs> Cancel your podcast. <laughs> like Blockade Runner is done. <laughs> it is over.
0: That's one of my least favorite sequences. But that's <gasps> not the even. Even if I love that sequence, you know, anytime they do like a a. a not a close-up, but like a medium length shot on a couple of Jedi, like generic Jedi in a robe. You're just like, who are these lame dudes in robes? Like it's not uh, cool.
1: <laughs> okay. Um we um, The whole thing that's Star cool Wars- about
0: Jedi is that there's like two of them. When you yeah. have a hundred of them in a room, it is lame.
1: Okay. Star Wars Celebration. Um, when we're in our Airbnb, we are going to like watch <laughs> that scene over and over again. <laughs> And I, we're going to like point out all the cool stuff that's happening there. There are, ah, uh, there it's awesome. Um, but but that's you though, because like yeah. you don't like old Republic and um, you know that stuff where there are like tons of Jedi and I think that stuff's so cool. Like I love it. So I don't know. I think like even like I don't know. But also with like Jedi like the, the lamer they are, like, it's kind of, like, the cooler they are, because it's so, like, democratized. It doesn't have to just be, like, like, Luke in his, like, black cloak looking all BA. Like, it could be, like, some, like, goofy looking alien dude, like, and, and be, like, a hardcore force user who's been training since they were a youngling. Like, That's awesome. You know what, though?
0: This is so us because we've gone off on this, like, 10-minute tangent now, which has Mm -hmm. very little to do with Galaxy's Edge. But that's a great—you just made a great point to me because if I go to Star Wars Celebration and I see somebody in a Jedi robe and they are doing the full-on Qui-Gon Jinn thing, then I'm like, all right, cool, nice Qui-Gon Jinn cosplay. But when I go to Celebration and I see— Uh, somebody who just looks like Frank, but now they have a Jedi robe on, I'm like, nope, that's Frank is not one of my favorite Jedi. And I just don't think that this translates, you know? So I think if you're gonna do it, you have to go all the way. Like, I see a ton of Return of the Jedi, you know, black gear from head to toe, Luke Skywalker's cosplays, you know, and they look great is that they have the Luke Skywalker hair and they have the lightsaber and the whole thing. And you're like, I see what you are cosplaying as and it is cool. But whenever I see somebody who's just like, oh, I'm not Luke Skywalker, I'm just generic Jedi. I just don't think that looks good. I'm sorry. And so to those of you who are listening, which, you know, I don't know if anybody's listening who has Jedi robe or not, you know, and does the Jedi robe cosplay. If you do, it's my problem is not with you. You look great in your Jedi robe. It's not with you. I just don't like generic Jedi. I just like specific jedi only and so i just don't like the like me in a jedi robe i will just look like me but now i have a jedi robe on i just don't think that's cool
1: you you'll look cooler than you think and you know you may not respect yourself but there are those of us who would respect you in a jedi robe
0: well thank you that's a very way nice way to wrap up this conversation (laughs) um Um. yeah
1: also i have a jedi robe i have a whole kit you
0: do not no you don't i do
1: (laughs) I have a whole kit. You
0: need to get a Qui Gon beard kit to go with it, then, and then you'll no? look cool. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll... yeah. I've whatever. never
0: seen you in your Jedi kit. Are you going to bring it to celebration?
1: I might. I you don't know. should. Yeah. Huh? Maybe you should. We have um we have a we have a pretty solid uh solid set of uh Star Wars costumes in our closet because uh Lindsay has a has a Ray costume too.
0: Really, the scavenger yeah. look like. Yeah now see i bet that looks great because it does that one translate cool. yeah that's cool
1: but um also i think i i feel cool when i wear my jedi robe
0: okay can you send me a photo of you in your I Jedi will. robe that um, we can make as part of our show notes here we can add as the sure i might make it the episode art for this episode i don't I'll,
1: know yeah i'll do it all right I'll good do it. good yeah. good i'm not afraid
0: good. all right so anyway they're gonna have some really high quality very expensive gear at uh at celebration um I'm looking at like the, uh, what's the name of the, the, sh- the droid shop. It's like the something Depot. Um, I made the photo too small. I can't see what it says, what it says, but <laughs> it looks like you can buy like the, the outfit that, that you would wear, like the, like the employees wear in that shop, or maybe they're just showing what they will wear there. But to me, that stuff looks cooler. Like, oh yeah, you feel like you're in universe, like a soldier gear or like whatever Batu resident gear, all that stuff I think is, is a little cooler. But um, anyway, uh, that photo I, I I put in here because it also features an image of the droid that you can build at the droid depot um, in the box so you can see the size of it. So I'd seen some speculation from people where they thought that you were going to be able to build like a full size BB or R2 unit at, uh, at this droid shop and it would be functional. And I was like, if there's no way they're doing that unless it's like $5,000 per droid, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm really scared to know what even these like coffee machine sized droids are going to cost, but I think <laughs> it's going to be a lot, you know, I think it's gonna be a lot. Um, and, uh, but I will say this too. It makes me feel a little less bad about not holding on to my BB eight hero droid that I got for Christmas that we talked about on the show a while uh-huh. back. Um, cause it didn't really work very well. So I got rid of it. I returned it. Um, but I'm pretty sure that these droids that they'll be selling at galaxy's edge will be a little more functional and probably work a little better. So, um, I'm pretty excited for that. I'm pretty excited to be able to go there and and build a custom droid and, uh, and have it function and be really cool i say that i'm pretty excited for it but i also know full well that i won't be able to afford to build one so i don't know what i'm excited for but it's a cool (laughs) idea anyway um they did not reveal the price on these so i don't know how much they're going to be but it's got to be a lot like a lot a lot
1: um just to kind of contextualize um the pricing to prepare people um so Lindsay went to um disney world with or Disneyland with her family recently. And uh, she got me this, uh, just like a matte photo, um, piece of art, Galaxy's Edge Landing 2019. Um, it is awesome. I love it. I'm still, I haven't done anything with it because I'm waiting to get a frame for it. But this photo here, mm-hmm. this, uh, the price tag is still on it. Yeah. um, thirty nine ninety nine. Okay. Okay.
0: I don't think that's too bad. That's concept art. That's not too bad.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it is just like a piece of cardboard. Oh, okay. Essentially. Um, and then I also got a... It's not
0: like a super high quality print down there or anything?
1: like. Uh, no, I think it's nice. Like it's embossed. Like it's nice. Like it's okay. good quality. But like um, she also got me a shirt, a t-shirt, and it was like... 30 or 34.99 or something for like a Galaxy's Edge t shirt. So just like prepare yourself. Okay. Like this stuff is not going to be cheap.
0: Well, I was talking to a co worker the other day who went on the Disney cruise um, earlier. Well, like I guess I can't remember if it's early this year or late last year. It doesn't matter. Went on one of the Disney cruise, the Star Wars Day at Sea cruise or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah you know, I, and anyway, he got on the, uh, on the ship and he wanted to buy a 24 pack of beer. Okay. He was, I think he said it was Bud Light and he was like, oh yeah. So I, you know, I knew that there'd be like the, the Disney tax, the cruise tax or whatever, but I, you know, I didn't know how much it would be. And I was like, well, how much was it? And he said, I think he said $118 or something for a case of beer <laughs> on this cruise ship. And I was like, oh, so, you know, roughly five times what it would cost at a grocery store, you know, cause you kind of expect like yeah, t-shirts you go somewhere they might be like 25 dollars normally like 35 dollars. okay that's the you're at disneyland tax you know what i mean mm-hmm. or you know you go to like a wrestling show and normally you know a, a pop at, at an event is like you know five dollars six dollars so it's going to be like nine dollars at the wrestling show because yeah they're going to try to like you know squeeze more money out of you or whatever but mm-hmm. when he told me like it, that a case of beer was like five times the normal price on this cruise i was like Oh my God, you know, but then again, you're, you're, you're not even like you're out to sea. they can charge you anything they want to, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it, you know? So,
1: yeah. Um, wow. Um, Jeez. Just yeah. bring, a, bring a flask. Right. Something. Time. I don't know. So, <laughs> so
0: anyway, like, um, I, I, the prices you're talking about so far to me, they're not that outrageous. It's like okay. 10, 20% more than you'd expect normally. So it's like, okay, well that that's cool. Yeah. But I, I really feel like these. Well, let's talk about the lightsabers. Did you read about Savi's lightsaber shop? Um, which I think no. Sound- oh, you didn't read about the lightsaber store. No, no. Oh, okay, so this sounds really cool. You're going to go into this shop. It's all in universe. There's a story around it. This guy's been collecting these parts, and he needs somebody who. Can actually put it together you know so you go in and you buy the stuff and you custom design your lightsaber and um i don't have it pulled up right now but there's a lot of little details that go into it you know you can you're going to choose your crystal but then also the type of materials you'll use to build the hilt and all that um the that you can have hilts that are like you know more like prequel trilogy like classic jedi looking or some that are more like maybe like luke's lightsaber in return of the jedi or you know that look a little more like rough around the edges, um, a little more industrial looking, not so smooth and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. There's like dark side style lightsabers that look more like, you know, the Sith type thing. Um, And then there's even, you can have, you can build hilts that are, look more like they're carved out of like bone or like wood and that kind of stuff. So like more like, Mm. almost like an old Republic type thing, which I thought sounded really cool. Um, But just to build the hilt without the blade is $109. And then the blade itself is another 50 bucks. So... You're looking at about 160 hundred and seventy dollar lightsaber if you build it at Galaxy's Edge. So to me, that's where I was like, well, that's a lot of money. But then I guess if it's you know kind of like that, um, what's the name of the the lightsabers that you know the cosplayers and, and the that's what I was have? just gonna say.
1: Like, what are those? The Force um, FX is that what they're called? Yeah, or? or Black Series. They're like in the Black Series packaging. Or now
0: whatever. they are. Yeah, I think Hasbro brought that bought the brand that originally was making yeah, them. Yeah, but so. like.
1: Yeah, like those are I, like one
0: hundred and fifty bucks, right?
1: Yeah, I think like and uh, no, I have no idea. Actually, so I am going to say it, but like I have seen like the Kylo Ren, Ren one around, and I think that's like two hundred. I think something. his is maybe
0: a little more than the normal price, but yeah, they're they're at least one hundred and fifty dollars, if not more, for those. Like, yeah, trailers.
1: but like now I am like, what I want to know is like, I mean, obviously this is a more personalized thing, mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of I think it's cooler because you're like building it yourself but like is does it like do you build it yourself and does it like look like crappy plastic or Uh, does it look as good as those um you know higher tier ones
0: yeah we'll see i i would think pretty high quality i mean i feel like the droids are going to be really high quality i feel like the the lightsabers, I mean, all the, I mean, the costumes look incredible, you know, and the toys too, from the Toydarian toy shop, that stuff all looks really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I bet it'll be really high quality and, and worth the money, but I don't think, it doesn't seem like they are reluctant to charge for this stuff either, like what it's worth, you know? Um, yeah. And, and it, it does make me kind of, um, I'm not, how do I put this? I'm not upset about it. I'm not, I don't begrudge them this. I don't think it's an injustice or anything, but at the same time, like I already have plans to go to galaxy's edge summer 2020, you know, so it'll have been open for a year in LA before, you know, seven months or something in Orlando before I get there. Um, and we're we're going to take a family trip. We're going to drive. We're only going to go for like maybe one day to Disney. We might do two days at Disney. It depends, but it's so expensive to go mm-hmm. um, just to get my family of four in to the park for one day. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I think north of $500 just for the tickets to get in for the one day, you know, it's a lot of money. So then to take my kids there and be like, walk past this lightsaber shop. And again, there's not that many rides in Galaxy's Edge. Like it seems like it's more about the experience of being in the park and all that. And to take them to this park and and be like, oh, we got to go check out Savvy's lightsabers. I mean, that's a huge part of the thing. go in there and it's like, well, if we want to build, if we want both kids to be able to build a lightsaber, you're just, you just spent a minimum of another 220 dollars you know what i mean maybe with blades you're spending you know 350 375 dollars or something so that they can get a lightsaber like that's i take vacations where i don't even spend that much money like on almost the whole vacation you know what i mean like it's like i don't know it's it's a lot of money and then what if we want to get a droid i mean i feel like we could as a family build a droid like not everybody needs their own droid but (laughs) <laughs> you got that's got to be like a three, $250, $300. I mean, who knows how much that's going to be, you know? So it is a little bit of like a... It's like, well, you don't have to buy the super expensive lightsaber. Nobody's forcing you to buy a super expensive, really cool droid. At the same time, it just feels like you're missing out on a critical component of going to this park if you don't build one of these things, you know? So... I I don't know. It just feels a little weird. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) Disney. I mean, Disney's expensive. Like, (laughs) I mean, um, I've started like about a year and a half Two. well, okay. Longer than that. Um, because it started when I went to Disney Japan. Um, and, uh, I got my first, uh, star Wars pin and so since then uh, then like I didn't really buy any but then like a couple years ago I started um you know buying Star Wars Disney pins um and I'm not like a hardcore collector or anything but like when I see them and like you know I'll occasionally check eBay like I just like them um so like I've started buying those and like they're like it's a pin and it's like $15 (laughs) a piece yeah um and there's like hundreds of them <laughs> and um and like you can only get them at Disney and it's like it's crazy um but like Disney is just like it's expensive like no matter what you're what you're collecting what you're into like i mean even just like ticket price eating like literally everything's just like expensive there mm. um and also i don't understand how there's like people who go to disney like monthly (laughs) like how how these because like yeah i don't know how these people can exist
0: (laughs) well i have i have family in orlando and um and i know that like some years they get the season pass or the annual pass to disney and some years they don't but Mm You know, and I don't know exactly how much it costs. First off, if you're a Florida resident, it's less expensive, you know? So um, for the pass anyways, maybe that, I don't know. But anyway, the annual pass is, I shouldn't even say because I don't know for sure, but it's probably the cost of going a handful of times and then you can go as often as you want you know um yeah so like i'm a six flags great america uh which is the one we have here i have a season pass for that and a one day ticket for great america is like 75 dollars or something and then the season pass is like 78 so it's like it's almost like if you live around it like how would you not get a season pass if you're going to go to it um now disney is not i know it's not like (laughs) that um the annual pass is much more expensive than that but i want to say it's like maybe $500 or something for the year or, and so if you live down there, it's like, I just feel like if you're going to go like even more than once, like you pretty much like better just get the annual pass, you know, because otherwise it adds up so, so quickly. Um, And then I think like too, that's my thing with like, I go to six flags all the time I never buy food there. I always, like, bring my lunch and go eat it in my car, you know, and come back in. Um, Just, like, little things you can do. I never buy, like, I never buy anything there, you know? So, like, once I get the pass, I'm spending very little money every time I go, you know? And I think if you lived in Orlando or L.A., Anaheim or whatever, you know, you could go to Galaxy's Edge for a couple hours. You don't need to go eat in Olga's Cantina or whatever. Like, you can... uh, Ronto Roasters. You don't have to eat there, you know? So, um, I think a lot of the expense is... If you're only going to be yeah. going there that one time, yeah. you feel like you have to do everything, which is how it's going to be for us when we go, you know? So, Well, let's talk about the food a little bit. Because um, uh, I was really excited by the food stuff. And and um, I don't know, it sounds really cool. There's a, a couple of different um, restaurants, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. um, there's one called Ogus Cantina, which I guess is like the bar. And then I think there's one called Docking Base 7. There's one called Ronto Roasters. Um, probably a couple others, too. But... Um, I think the food seems really fun. Uh, Ryan, you and I are both vegetarian a long time. Um, and so I was a little worried about that aspect of it when they were talking about all mm-hmm. these like specific delicacies they were going to create. But, um, I'm really pleasantly surprised by the offerings that they're going to have for people like us. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the blue milk and the green milk, um, appear to be vegan, uh, plant-based milks. So it's not actual milk. Um, which is great mm-hmm. for me because I don't drink actual like cow milk, dairy milk. Um, so having plant-based milk is really cool. Uh, the quote from one of the Disney employees was like, yeah, when it's August and like 100 degrees, <laughs> like you're not going to want to go in there and get a big glass of milk anyway. Um, so it sounds like they're more like smoothies, um, basically, kind of, you know, but plant-based. So I think that sounds really cool. And I can't I, like, that's a must. I don't know what they're going to charge for a blue milk, but I'm getting one when I go there. You know what I mean? Like that's a more of a must do than the lightsaber or the droid. Almost like I have to sit at the cantina yeah. and drink a blue milk. Like I am, I must do that. So I think that sounds really cool. But then, you know, some of the food stuff, like specifically for us, I know like probably most of the people listening aren't vegetarian and are like, Hey, when did this become a vegetarian food podcast? But, uh, you know, the Felucia, the Felucian garden spread sounds really good. <laughs> Has uh meatless meatballs, uh, meatballs and, uh, and hummus and a tomato a, cucumber yeah, salad I'm, and pita I'm bread. I am not into the meatless Sounds meatball
1: good. stuff. I hate um like fake meat meatball style uh vegetarian meat um fake as far as fake meat goes, I think like the only good stuff is like the um fake pig products. Um I don't like any of the other stuff. Um so that's kind of a bummer, but like the like the cucumber salad on cucumber tomato salad on pita bread sounds really good also i don't like hummus so uh
0: <laughs> okay all right okay yeah i'm i'm more outraged right now than you were talking about when i was talking about <sighs> Dude, the title of clones you... like hummus i eat almost every single day of my life i love it's a hummus
1: texture hmm?
0: doesn't make me gassy. Okay. It, no, my body is okay. uh, custom-tuned for hummus. I love it. It's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite foods. Uh, meatless meatballs I ate last night, and uh, I bet these are going to be more high-quality than those because those came in a bag. Um, and, uh, Ryan, let's just let everybody know before you put the whole world off on on vegetarian food, um, although the whole world definitely does not I listen am. to our podcast, I but, but uh, let's just let everybody know that you're a pretty picky eater, okay? There's like six foods that you like. So when you denigrate these plant-based foods... Um, it should have an asterisk. that you hate almost all food
1: if i'm talking about like something sounding good like i think that carries some weight too
0: okay all right yeah so then you're probably not too excited about the athorian garden loaf (laughs) um which is a meatless (laughs) meatloaf okay yeah i actually don't like meatloaf ever like never have in my life and uh My wife made some meatloaf last week out of, like, black beans and chickpeas and different, like, you know, spices and stuff. And it was fine, but it's just not a food that I've ever liked anyways. But that's another thing. Like, we really shouldn't be talking about this right now because this is is a Star Wars podcast. But as far as, like, the faux meat stuff goes, there's a lot of variety in that. Like, sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, the stuff is just made out of textured vegetable protein, and that stuff can be pretty gross. But sometimes, like, you know, like a garden burger that is... Technically, a faux meat, I guess you'd say, but it's like you can see giant chunks of carrot and stuff in it. It's like it's not supposed to be tasting just like a hamburger and yet it can still be good. So, you know, I I feel like this food looks like it's for theme park food. Yeah. It feels like it it looks pretty high quality and like kind of healthy. You know, it's not like fries and corn dogs and stuff. So it could be like pretty high quality stuff. And if it's using like actual plant ingredients and not just like weird TVP mush to create this fake meat then you know it might be yeah it's something different than a bokeh burger is my point you know it could be pretty good and anyways the impossible Mm. burger that's out these days Mm. is is phenomenal so hey i'm just saying uh who knows what one of these dishes is going to cost meatless or meat (laughs) full um i don't know they're probably going to be pretty pricey like this has got to be this pollution garden spread has got to be like a 20 dollar plus meal at least right maybe 25 bucks, I don't know. The drinks at the cantina, who knows what those will cost, but they're going to be expensive. Um, but you know, for 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 going there once and and that's the thing too, they've kind of sold me with these like vegan food items because normally I would <laughs> go to a theme park and be like there's yeah. no way I'm buying anything like food wise. I'm not even going to consider it, you know. See, but, uh, I, I feel like I'm this have to is eat an at area where you can go to some money so and cool.
1: reinvest it in my cool uh my cool robes that i buy yeah
0: yeah but you know as i said before you pretty much no matter what they were serving food wise Mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't be that excited about it right because this is not really your thing so all right well that was a long conversation about galaxy's edge but i think it's all pretty exciting stuff and um Mm -hmm. we definitely have a better picture now of what that park will be like so um i'm sure we'll hear more at star wars celebration although it's interesting because i feel like a lot of this stuff they could have um could have been a really cool celebration panel and maybe it still will be oh yeah Um, they probably will still do a celebration panel and just have more details on some of this stuff but talk about um yeah and there's a larger audience obviously that they need to sell galaxy's edge to than just the um, the star wars celebration audience so um you know fair to Mm -hmm. fair to put this information out now and not hold it for celebration but um i bet we'll get a pretty cool preview there as well so which kind of brings us to the next topic for the show here um there has been some pretty great celebration updates uh recently in in the last few uh weeks that we have not talked about the one that i'm most excited about ryan i hope you're excited about it as well even though i don't think you'll be able to attend it is the phantom menace panel on monday that was announced so they're gonna do (laughs) say hi (laughs) to the camera there elliot's uh making his presence known here okay there he is yep all right so anyway um yeah, uh, the Phantom Menace panel, the the, uh, the retrospective, the uh, 20-year anniversary Phantom Menace yeah, panel. Yeah, that's uh, that.
1: like, again, I think like uh-huh. I, they mentioned it on Blast Points, but there was like, there was the question of like, why is Celebration going to be five days this year? And well, uh, here's what you're doing on Monday. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. There's going to be a lot at Celebration and it's cool that they, you know, didn't, that there is going to be some, like, a retrospective component to um, Celebration and it's not all just, like, commercials for the stuff that, you know, they're trying to sell Star Wars fans on for, like, the next few years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know some people are bummed that it's Monday because they feel like, hey, that's not fair. I'm traveling Monday. I wasn't planning on staying for Monday. Um, but, you know, like, and I get that. I get that Monday. It's mm-hmm. tough to stick around yep. for Monday. Obviously, Ryan, you're going home on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, right? So you're not going to be there for it. So it's a bummer. But I'm also glad that they're not just like yeah. having Monday I'm, be a dead not with nothing happening. I'm not offended at all. You know? Um, I um, think, like, so.
1: this is pretty probably a panel yeah. that I don't know if I would have done the line for anyway um it's one that I'm fine with just like watching it streaming when I get home from work on Monday um so I'm not like I'm not mm-hmm. put off at all like I, I'm i just glad it's happening um I'm super curious about who's yeah. going to be on it um because <laughs> uh man Mm -hmm. uh 20 years later um that's it's a it's a whole different world in uh in phantom menace land
0: i think the uh i think like the the most obvious and um you know like Mm -hmm. for sure gonna happen guest is uh, ahmed best so. so i'm excited for him to be there um uh, dude, he's gotta be. If I, I would be shocked if he's not, if he's not there, I guess yeah. the most obvious is Ray Park. Ray Park will 100% be on this panel. Um, cause he's announced for celebration. So he'll be there. Um, but I think I'm at best for sure as well. And then after that, um, you know, I, I gotta wonder is Rick McCollum going to be there? You know what I mean? And I think, I, I don't know. I think he could be, I think he could be, he's a, He's a, a, He was a very enthusiastic participant in Celebration's past, you know? So if you get him there, he's going to be pumped. He's going to be excited. He's going to be high energy. It's going to be awesome. So hopefully Rick McCollum can be there. Um, I think George Lucas is a 50%. I think he's a 50% chance George is there, personally. Um, he came to the last Celebration for the 40th anniversary panel, and that was in Orlando, Florida. He doesn't live in Orlando, Florida. He has no connection to Orlando, Florida. He still went down there. Granted, that's a bigger deal than the Phantom Menace panel, but uh, he spends half of his time, as far as I know, in Chicago anyway. You know, he's very comfortable in Chicago. He has a home in Chicago. So to me, that's an easier sell than getting him down to... I mean, probably not, I guess, just because the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars is such a big deal, but... um, No, I think he's a decent possibility. And it has nothing to do with what Disney is doing now either. You know what I mean? So to show up to this panel and be like, yeah, I made this movie. I made it myself. You know, it was me against the world. Like, that's the story he always tells. And so I feel like, you know, why not? Um, And he knows how much people, or I guess he's taken so much abuse over that movie. um, And I think he would know that this Phantom Menace panel is going to be not that. And it's going to be like really celebrating it and and pointing out the... uh, the uh the accomplishments of that movie so i think he's a decent um possibility and so you know that makes it pretty cool uh right there uh although i've seen george lucas at celebration stuff you know multiple times at this point so i really hope he is there but it's not going to be like for me personally it won't be like oh my god george lucas is there i have to be at it um but i think it would be a nice surprise for a lot of people that'll be at the panel and yeah. me It'll be a nice surprise for me too I mean I'll lose my mind I'm not saying that But um, you Doug know. Chang uh, But then After those names It's all about like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah Doug Chang Yeah Yeah hopefully he'll be there I think he could be uh, That mm-hmm. would make a lot of sense um, Even like John Knoll Someone like that Would be cool For sure Yeah uh, um, Nick Oh Matt Gilliard? Wood Matt Wood probably be there
1: Is that Yeah Yeah He's possible. possibility Yeah
0: Yeah Nick Gillard uh, Yep Yep He could be there Yeah that'd be cool but yeah, then you got to look at the gets, the rest uh, of the principal cast and, and wonder are any of those people um, there.
1: I don't. I don't. I do too. I don't know if we see Liam Neeson there. I don't. I don't know if we see any <laughs> Liam Neeson. Public
0: no, I'm not sure about him either.
1: In 2019, I think he's keeping a keeping a low profile for now.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, we'll see about that. Yeah, that's that's possible. Uh, but, yeah. but what about Natalie Portman? Yeah, I very long. I shot. I could
1: see Natalie Portman super like, long shot. She's she's at peace with uh, the Star Wars prequels now. It seems like she uh, will mention them and stuff. Where for a while she just didn't talk about that, um, and that's uh, totally fair. Um, I could see her doing like a little uh, like a video message that they air for the first time at the panel. Um yeah, which is awesome. Um I would like to that could see be great. her represented in that way. I think like she's almost certainly probably like shooting something at this time, whatever it is. Like she's so busy that I don't she's probably like on set somewhere <laughs> during this time. I don't know.
0: yeah yeah maybe maybe um so yeah who knows yeah i don't think she's very likely but it would be awesome it would be i think it would yeah it would mean a lot to a lot of star wars fans too if she did it because she has kind Mm -hmm. of kept herself at a distance from the whole star wars thing for a long time and i don't know that she always loved her experience making those movies Mm -hmm. um or that she loved the movies necessarily so but if she were to come back to this panel and be like talk about it in a positive light and just kind of show up for the fans. I think that would be, it'd be a big moment, you know, it'd Mm -hmm. be really exciting. But the, the other name, of course, that we haven't talked about. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's very possible. Very possible is Ewan McGregor. Um, And to me, he is for me personally, when I think about the Phantom Menace and how much I love that movie, it's young Obi-Wan. I mean, that's absolutely almost my favorite thing about the star Wars prequels in general is young Obi-Wan yeah he he's so good and um it would be so cool for him to be at this panel i think mm-hmm. it's possible he never has come to star wars celebration either you know um so and it, it wasn't like for celebrations 2 and, and 3 it wasn't like with you know 2015 and 2017 where you got a good chunk of the cast of the upcoming movie uh there it wasn't like that, you know, we, we had um, Hayden Christensen at celebration two. I don't remember if he was at three or not. And th- there would be a few people here and there, but you you weren't getting Liam Neeson and, and you mm-hmm. McGregor and, and Natalie Portman at these celebrations, you know, um, whereas now, like I expect to see Daisy Ridley. I don't expect her to do mm-hmm. like signings or anything, but I expect to see her at the episode nine panel and a lot of the other, you know, principal cast, but you didn't ever have that. So he's never been to a celebration. Um, so if he comes, for the phantom menace panel that will be really exciting but uh, i gotta tell you ryan it's like a two-layered excitement thing because (laughs) if he walks out for that phantom menace panel um and he's on the panel like we're all going to be sitting there with bated breath like are they going to announce the obi-wan disney plus show you know um and maybe he walks out on sunday or saturday at some panel and 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 they announced It doesn't it there, seem and then we know appropriate he's going to be at the Phantom to Menace too. That's also possible. The Phantom Menace.
1: Panel. But like just because like
0: that's I don't know, though because well go
1: ahead. taking away from like what the panel's supposed to be, which is like, you know, celebrating 20 years of The Phantom Menace. And like that takes away from like literally everyone else yeah, I get what who's you're... up there. That's not Ewan McGregor.
0: Um, yeah, I see what you mean, but at the same time, like, I feel like if they spend an hour really celebrating the Phantom Menace, then that's exciting, and then if at the end of that panel, they're like, and you know what, like, this, these characters, these stories, they do matter, they did make an impact, people do love them, and we want to continue, you know, with, like, some of these characters, we want to, we want to, like, you know, do something new, because I think when you celebrate an anniversary of something like this, like, we always we get excited if there's some product line that they announce or if there's mm-hmm. some new book that like if they announce a novel or something that's like set in this time period, you get excited because it's like something new related to the thing that we're celebrating. So, uh, even though an Obi-Wan TV show, wouldn't be Phantom Menace focused specifically, I still feel like there's a little bit of that, like, Hey, we're all here to celebrate this thing cause we love it. And you know what, because it's so good, we're going to do something new with a principal element of it, you know? Um, that's how I excuse it, anyways. That's my argument to to make it okay. <laughs> but okay, only
1: only if they also if. announce a Padme show as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think um, if Natalie Portman wanted to do a Padme show for them, I'm sure they would do one. I think uh, I'm not sure she's ex- as excited to come back and and uh, play in that universe. Or as Or just is.
1: like focus on like the. Uh, handmaidens call it like a handmaidens tale hey okay.
0: that could i think there's a show that has that name but that could be cool um that was,
1: that was the joke
0: yeah no i know i'm just yeah. just yeah. low-key in on it with you um cool cool yeah yeah wink wink i don't know i'm just um, saying if they're doing an obi-wan show and ewan mcgregor is in chicago you have to do that announcement in chicago with ewan mcgregor there you have to do it so you either hold another panel where you do it or you do it at this panel but
1: counterpoint they don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. On the other hand... <laughs>
0: well, one thing they do have to do, because they've said that they are doing it, is uh, do a Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order panel. And Okay, uh...
1: before we move on from the Phantom Menace, um, I'm not ready to move on from the Phantom Menace okay. in general, All right. in life. Okay. All right. um, one more person that uh, you you didn't mention, but I think one more high-profile person who... I think is more likely than not as far as like the high profile people Samuel L. Jackson.
0: Really you think he's more likely than not?
1: Oh yeah. Dude, he loves this kind of stuff. <laughs> like if he gets to come out and do like a surprise entrance. Okay, well a- a- and then talk a bunch like <laughs> dude, you know that guy's game for it.
0: Counterpoint he did an amazing video for the 40th anniversary panel in Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, but he didn't show up. So I'm just saying,
1: dude. Well, he wasn't in A New Hope.
0: No, but that panel was 40 years of Star Wars. Like they had Hayden yeah, Christensen like, there, and
1: this is his jam, though. Like this is the thing where he was like. I don't care. I'll be, you know, I'll wear a helmet. You don't even have to know it's me. I don't have to be credited. I want to be in this movie. And then he turned out to be like one of the coolest characters in the prequels.
0: As long as my lightsaber is purple, I'm in. Um, yeah, no, that would be um, that would be great. Actually, Ian McDermott is a super likely. He's probably ooh. for sure going to be there. Yeah. Although, is he cool. announced for Celebration yet? Oh.
1: I don't think he is. I don't remember. Actually, He'll be there. though. I think though. he is. Yeah. If
0: he's not, he's going to be I mean it's like Mark Hamill, he's not announced either. Guess what? He's gonna be there. Like they're 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 not done with announcements yet. So yeah. Ray Ray Park was not their uh their their, you know, big final um hmm. guest announcement. So we've got some big names still to be announced, I'm sure Ian McDermott is one of them. Um so yeah. I feel I, like I think he he'll was be there. announced. He, yeah, he he might have been. He probably is, yeah. but he's uh, just one of those like old, he's like old reliable when it comes to Star Wars celebration. He's gonna be there.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, now we can move on to the video game okay. stuff. Um, yeah, so they're doing you, a panel. What were you saying? Um, they're yeah. doing a
0: panel on Jedi Fallen Order, and it's going to be on Saturday. Is that right? I better open um, it. I think it's Saturday. Yeah, probably should open it. Yeah, I thought you would probably, know yeah. for sure, because I figured this is like a, like your must-attend panel kind of. It, it, is
1: a, it is a must-attend panel for me. Um, but Yeah, like,
0: Saturday, uh, April 13th.
1: Okay. Um, and it's, yeah. and
0: it's, it's on the celebration stage, which is the one that is in the, uh, the basketball arena that DePaul plays in. So, um, you know, it should be, it's the biggest room that they have. I don't know how many people it will hold, but, um, uh, you'll, you'll have to line up for it. But, um, I don't think it's, I who knows what this celebration is going to be like as far as lines go. Um, yeah. I'm not going to sleep o- out overnight to go to this panel, but I will line up, uh, uh, pretty early to go to it if, if you're wanting to go to it
1: yeah i absolutely am um this one is really exciting um to me because um it's going to be our first look at like a major star wars game that's coming out in 2019 um and this is probably the star wars game that we've all kind of wanted since the uh you know the deal the EA Disney deal was announced um i think this is going to be the cool um you know super nice looking um you know single player star wars experience with like a cool story and um you know like 15 20 hours of like single player gameplay that i think we've all been like wanting um and I have so much faith in this studio, um, Respawn. And Respawn's in a really interesting place going into this now. Because um, previously, um, Respawn is, like, um, ex-Call of Duty developers. They made um, Modern Warfare Call of Duty 4, which is, like, the game that, like, brought made Call of Duty, like, the biggest, like year annual video game franchise in the world and um and then they like there was a bunch of lawsuits and they broke off from activision and formed their own company respawn and um you know their their games are published by ea um their first game was titanfall um which was an xbox exclusive and it was like a multiplayer focused game with like um cool parkour Uh, elements and also um, mechs and it is like one of my favorite um, multiplayer shooters like I've ever played it was so so fun Um, and played it a lot with our friend Tyler um, online and then next they uh, made Titanfall 2 which had one of like the best shooter campaigns I have ever played Um, just, like, the production values were insane. Um, there were so many, like, clever, um, gameplay and, like, stage design elements in it. Like, it was just, like, completely caught everyone by surprise because it was one of those things where it's like, well, this is a multiplayer-focused game. I guess they're doing, like, some sort of single-player thing. Like, I'll check it out, whatever. But it turned out to be, like, amazing. Like, an amazing experience. And, um, and then it didn't sell very well. So, like, basically Respawn had these two, um, Titanfall games under their belt, um, which were, like, critically acclaimed and, like, loved by the people who played them, but, like, they weren't really competing in the shooter space, um, like compared to stuff like Battlefield and Battlefront and Call of Duty and everything, like it didn't have like that same sort of like fanatical following. Um, but then, uh, so like they seem kind of destined to be like one of those, like, you know, game studios that like you know, whatever they're going to put out is going to be really good, but like, you know, they're not you know, they're not selling, like, the most copies, like, they're not, like, in the major conversation and stuff, but then, uh, like, last month, I think, uh, they released Apex Legends, which is, like, a Battle Royale game, um, a la Fortnite, and it's kind of, like, the first Battle Royale game that, like, has really kind of competed with Fortnite, at least, like, as far as, like, mindshare goes um and it's become like really popular with um you know streamers and um you know just just fans of it because it's like a free-to-play um battle royale game and it's like really really fun um i've definitely i've played probably 10 or 15 hours of it and i've really really enjoyed it um so yeah so now they're coming in to this panel, like being kind of like a like they're a premier developer, um, which they always have been, but they're a developer that like everyone is talking about, like what's gonna happen next with Apex Legends, like what's uh, you know, what's next for Respawn, and you know, it's it's this Star Wars game, so like I think that's really cool that they get to like roll into this with like one of the having just released one of the most popular video games in the world like there's i mean last we saw there were like 25 million players of apex legends which is insane and that's so cool
0: yeah 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 and i think um the hopes are going to be really high for this game and um, they are really high for this game uh, from yeah. from Star Wars fans that, that enjoy, you know, video games and stuff. And, you uh, know, a lot of people really love Battlefront 2. And, you know, um, that's a really good game. And, you know, didn't get quite as much credit, I think, as it deserved or got, you know... Mm-hmm. There's more, you know, controversy surrounding it than probably was necessary, or whatever you want to say. But it's a, it's a very good game, but it's not exactly the kind of game that I love. So, um, and I don't know if Fallen Order will be either, but at least it sounds more promising to me. And like you said, this developer has a really strong pred- pedigree coming into it, so a lot of reasons to be very hopeful. Uh, for this game and, and it could turn out being you know hopefully it's going to turn out to be really really great so um and we don't know much about it really um and it no, comes we out know nothing <laughs> yeah and it and it comes out this year it comes out this fall so um uh you know this should be should be really cool and, and hopefully they'll really pull the curtain back and we'll get um quite a bit of of info about it and, and it should be a great panel uh, i think the panel is just jedi fallen order right so yeah um, you know i'm sure we'll get some decent uh decent amount of footage we'll get a a pretty good look into the story and that kind of thing um they must have uh quite a bit that they're that they're ready to reveal if they're doing a full panel on it so um yeah that, sh- that should be great pretty excited for that um, yeah
1: it's possible we might well we'll definitely probably get a look at like the characters oh, yeah. um sorry john they might just be generic jedi uh <laughs> but um well like okay so what's interesting about the game is um the We do know the synopsis is that it takes place after uh, Revenge of the Sith. And it's um, about maybe a lone Jedi who survived Order 66 or maybe a couple Jedi who survived Order 66. And um, so that's interesting. And if you have been reading Charles Soule's or read Charles Soule's Darth Vader series, um, there were... There were a handful of Jedi who survived. I wonder if um, the character, the playable character in Jedi Fallen Order, is one of those uh, surviving Jedi from that book. Um, but yeah, so it takes place um, before A New Hope in that, like, in the, in the time period, the Dark Days. And, um, like, I think um, because there is a toy line um that's going to be launching on force friday for this game alongside the mandalorian and episode nine figures like i think we're going to i mean it's gonna have to have some like memorable characters um to kind of like justify like the you know the big deal about like the toy line so i think we'll get like maybe a couple jedi characters and then um I don't know if it's going to be, like, the antagonist of this is going to be, like, Darth Vader. Is it going to be, like, Inquisitors? Like, what? I don't know. Who knows? Or maybe it's going to be, like, some other, like, Jedi Hunters for the Empire. Like, I mean, who even knows? So I think we'll, we'll get, like, a look at the characters here. And that should be pretty exciting as well.
0: Yeah, that should be cool. Um, I don't know that there is a toy line, though. Like, you, you mentioned, like, the toy line and, for this and the Mandalorian, but uh, I think you actually corrected me when we were talking about Triple Force Friday on the last episode when we discussed that, that uh, that they're just announcing product to be released on Triple Force Friday. So that doesn't necessarily oh. mean that they're announcing toys, you know. I think there are Mandalorian toys, maybe, uh, although, yeah, I don't know. They weren't super specific on that, so I think you'd point it out. Like, there could be a novel around this, yeah. Um, Maybe like with Battlefront Two, there was one Black Series figure exclusive to GameStop that came out with the game, you know that sort of thing. I don't know that they're going to do a whole toy line on Fallen Order. I'd be kind of surprised, considering how much they've got uh, going on with Resistance, with um, the uh, the Vintage Collection, with you know Episode Nine toys coming out in the fall too. Like, I, I can't imagine that Hasbro is planning on putting out a Mandalorian line, a Fallen Order line, and a Episode Nine line along with their Vintage Collection line um, in 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 this fall, but. I don't know. We'll see.
1: That's true, but I mean, I guess like they'll they'll probably be like a few figures. Maybe like the protagonists will get a figure at, at the very least. I would say, yeah. Um, but, um, but but then like also like if there like if there's product. Yeah. being released around this like there's probably going to be like novels or comic books so like there's going to be something following like these characters so i think like supports we'll the same
0: know. supports the same point that the characters will be interesting i mean actually even yeah. more so if they're going to put out comics and novels about
1: them you that's know? true yeah. yeah right cool okay yeah so that's uh that's not the only video game news uh coming um at celebration um some uh some Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes uh information which I think that's the mobile game, right?
0: Yeah, but see I I read this sentence a couple times too and like I think that they're just saying that you can play Galaxy of Heroes and play the pinball game on the show floor cuz that was kind of oh, like, okay. "Oh, are we getting new pinball tables?" and I'm like, "I don't know, I think they're just like" Those are the other games that they have going right now, so they're going to have like, you know, demo stations up on the show floor for those games. Oh, okay. um, I mean, there could be some announcements. There probably will be, I guess, with Galaxy of Heroes and maybe new pinball S- tables too. But
1: S- get those uh, get those uh, tables on the Switch version. Oh my god,
0: that's the announcement I'm waiting for. <laughs> I will go to a panel for that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But there's going to be some Old Republic stuff, right? And I don't really know what any of that means. So maybe you can help uh, fill me in on that.
1: So this is awesome. Um, You know, we uh, we threw a a message out on a previous uh, podcast um, asking if anyone uh, who listened played the Old Republic still to who could tell us who could report in and tell us like what's what's going on in that game. Uh, no responses. Met with <laughs> I do, n- I do not know a single person who plays the old Republic. Like, I mean, I played it when it came out. Um, I know like, um, I've had uh, some of my friends did, but like, I don't know who's playing this game in 2019. I want to know more though. Like, I want to know about the community. Like, what the what people do in the game at this point? Because you have to assume like anyone who's been playing this game forever is probably like max level they've you know they've done most of the content um if not all of it like what do you do in the old republic like what's keeping you there now like i'm so curious about this but i think if we if we wanted to find out more about the old republic uh we could go to the cantina event and even though I don't play the game, I'm still debating going to this um, because it says uh, to coincide with the Star Wars Celebration event happening from April 11th to 15th, in 2019 in Chicago, there will be a Cantina event. This is your chance to join the Star Wars The Old Republic community for a Q&A with the development team, Complimentary Drinks giveaways and more attendees will also receive a cantina exclusive swag space is limited so be sure to come early if you're in the area and would like to hang out be sure to stop by and meet everyone so what um besides like the free swag or whatever what like really interests me about this is um i i want to see the uh like, the Q&A with the team um, to kind of just, again, like, answer those questions I have about, like, what the, you know, what the, what the content roadmap and everything looks like for this game, or, like, are they going to be strongly supporting the game in 2019 and 2020, or, you know, what, what is going on with it, but, um, because, like, this game's developed by Bioware, who are, like, one of my all-time favorite game studios um you know I'm playing Anthem right now and loving that and I love Bioware and like the chance to like you know just uh you know interact with the Bioware team members like I think would be really really cool so um I'm I'm debating attending this um it's from it's Saturday April 13th from 7 to 11 p.m. So, I don't know. It seems cool. I, I kind of want to go. Even though I don't know anything about the Old Republic in 2019.
0: Okay, um this is one of those moments where I'm thinking to myself like how good of a friend am I? You know, how loyal of a friend like uh am I going to accompany Ryan to this event? Am I going to am I going to like be his buddy when he wants to go to this Old Republic thing cuz I'm like can't say I'm too interested in that one, you know. So, we'll see. well
1: what what we should do is uh we should both install the old republic on our on our pcs and get a little blockade runner community going
0: yeah i think you might have to spearhead that one ryan um Uh, i don't even know yeah i don't think i'm i can do that but uh we'll see yeah and and you know like well, I think we'll probably end up doing a show where we're previewing the celebration schedule when it is actually released and when we can talk more about it in detail because we don't really know when everything is happening yet. Um, but it'll be interesting. Like there's one of the things about celebration is, is having to make choices about what you're going to go to because things are competing with one another, you know? So Saturday night, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think I should have put this in the notes cause I had it worked out, but you know, we assume Friday is the episode nine panel, even though they haven't announced that yet. Um, Then Saturday is the Jedi Fallen Order panel. I think that's like, I'm assuming that's the big panel for Saturday, but unless there's something Mm -hmm. else. Uh, Monday is Phantom Menace. We don't know what the Sunday panel is yet, um, but I'm curious, you know, I would think that if they're holding Phantom Menace until Monday, there's a big panel on Sunday for sure. I mean, they have this basketball arena.
1: Mandalorian.
0: I'm thinking Mandalorian or... Mandalorian and Cassian, although they're probably not really ready to reveal that yet. So it's probably just Mandalorian. You're probably right. Um, But in the past, they've done also future filmmaker panels too, where they've talked to people like Ben Hoffman Weiss and, and uh, Ryan Johnson. I mean, they haven't done that yet. They've talked to people who are in similar positions to the one that they're in. So is there a possibility of a panel like that? I think it's not super likely, but I would be really excited. And, And I could see where they might roll like Mandalorian and, you know something like that into one panel but you know maybe not we'll see but in any case there's going to be big stuff on sunday too and
1: yeah clone wars oh yeah
0: too yeah totally so i don't really know i mean hopefully i don't know the whole like lining up overnight thing is a whole nother conversation i don't think i'll be doing that too much maybe once but um you just got to think about like what else all is going on all weekend long and, and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah anyway all right
1: yeah Yep we'll uh, we'll be we'll be talking about that and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully maybe like our next episode who knows yep. when the schedule will be revealed but um, one more uh, Star Wars video game I just wanted a related tidbit um, I just wanted to put on people's radar is that if you are a um, Xbox, uh, if, you know, you're subscribed to Xbox Live, Games with Gold or whatever, um, the one of the free games this month is uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, um, which is an original Xbox game that um, you can play on your 360 or uh, your Xbox One. And it's free this month if you're a subscriber. Um, it's a game that I have played. I have never finished it, but I do know it is one of the, um, most well-regarded Star Wars games of that era. Um, and it's one, like, uh, I definitely want to play this. Maybe this will be the month that I play it. I don't know. Um, I already have the game, um, on PC and I have like an Xbox disc copy. Um, so that's like, you know, it being free isn't like a huge deal to me, but, um, I'm, hopefully, like, just put that on your radar. If you are an Xbox owner of any of the uh, the past two Xbox consoles, you can get this game for free if you are um, a Gold subscriber. And um, what's really cool about, like, these original Xbox games that are backwards compatible on the Xbox One is that they are no matter what model of Xbox One you are using, whether you're using, like, the cheaper uh, Xbox One S model or um, the Xbox One X, which is, like, the premium model, um, the games are improved in upres. So, like, um, on the... Xbox One, the original Xbox One model, um, it's double the resolution that it was originally on, um, you know, the base Xbox, um, because it was originally a 480p game or 480i, um, depending on your, uh, if you had component cables and a compatible TV at the time. But um, on Xbox One, it's uh, 960p, so you're getting like a super, super crisp. Uh, image through, um, HDMI there. Um, and then on an, an Xbox One X, uh, it's up to 4K. Um, it has locked vertical sync. Um, so it has like a locked stable frame rate, which, um, the game didn't necessarily, uh, have previously and, uh, faster load times. So like, it's probably the best way to play, game outside of like if you like have like a super high end PC um so that's really cool um like they've been uh pretty cool about uh putting Star Wars games on like these Xbox services lately um there's a ton of Star Wars games that are backwards compatible um from both the original Xbox and the 360 um on Xbox One now and um if you're subscribed to Game Pass, uh, you can get the original Knights of the Old Republic um, on there, which uh, is great. One of the best Star Wars games ever. Um, and then I think it was last month or maybe the month before um, Jedi Academy, uh, Jedi Knight 2, was free on Games with Gold. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's really cool seeing these like older Star Wars games popping up. Um, and still being like prominent and it's like a good reminder to like you know go go check them out and uh pretty pretty low risk if you're already invested in the um like Xbox ecosystem or if you just wanna buy the games uh digitally on the um Xbox store they're uh nine ninety nine each, I think. So bunch of games there. Pretty cool. Um you know if you're an Xbox fan and you're into like older Star Wars games
0: yeah um i i'm closer to buying an xbox than i've ever been in the past i mean i'm not that close because i don't really need one and i have a ps4 um but i can tell you that uh i was never very interested in the past and in the last like month between the star wars games and some other things that they're working on there like um i'm i'm more interested in xbox than i've ever been and uh you know what i don't have a 4k disc player so um maybe an xbox one s um in the future for me at some point you know especially if if, uh, there's some deals on those since we're getting to the end of this generation so that's something I'm thinking about at some point but uh, you know we'll see like I said I I don't really need it I don't have a 4k tv but I'm hoping at some point in my life I will so um, you know that might be a decent uh, 4k disc player and then the fact that then I could you know play some of these um, Star Wars games in a more convenient way because I think I have most of the games you've been talking about on PC anyway but you know my PC is old and i don't really ever use it and you know whatever so it would be nice and convenient and uh, yeah but i'm sure that uh you know a good chunk of our listeners do have an xbox and so uh you know um this is uh, all very exciting for star wars fans and uh you know something that everybody should go check out if they if they have the uh, ability to do so Ryan, we're going really long. Um, we talked before yeah. we started recording the show. I was like, oh, none of these topics are going to take us that long to talk about. Famous last words. We just, uh-huh. Basically, we could just replay the conversation to ourselves every week. This show is not mm-hmm. going to go so long, and then it does. Nope. Um, so there's just a couple more things. The yeah. Celebration Art has been revealed. Okay. Uh-huh. Ryan, you've already spent over $100 on Celebration Art. I've um, I have. Uh-huh. Not pulled the, I, have. <laughs> I have not pulled the trigger yet, but there is one piece that I'm really wanting to get them. I got to try to get, uh, yeah, see if I can get the funds together and grab this. Um, and, and, and here's the deal. This stuff is on sale right now for pre-order. You, you buy it on the site, you pick it up at the show. Um, most of them are limited pieces and I'm seeing that one is already sold out and that one is called no one is ever really gone, um, from Karen Hallian, and that one is now sold out. So some of this stuff is going to sell out probably soon. And, um, oh my god, I, I just need The Phantom Menace by Danny Haas, I need it it's uh, limited to 250 pieces, so I need to buy that, I need to buy it soon, it's gorgeous Um, and there's a lot of gorgeous art on there, so um, I don't think we probably want to spend too much time talking about this stuff, but definitely people should go check it out Ryan, you want to talk about which pieces you picked up? Or you purchased already? Uh, or
1: Yeah, so I was I was really close to, I mean, The Phantom Menace was that one was on my on my short list. Um, pretty much any of these I would be happy to own. <laughs> um, I would not turn down any of these, um, but it's just the fact that like most of these are between forty and seventy five dollars um for or I guess all the way up to hundred and twenty five um pieces of art. Uh, there's two that are actually sold out um, Cantina is also sold out. Um, but they're, all of these are limited to, um, uh, 250 pieces, uh, each. They range in size, um, from, like, 11 to 17 to, like, larger sizes. Um, and they're all branded with, um, you know, Chicago's Star Wars Celebration on them. So, like, these are, very specific uh, prints, um, which are cool. And they've done these um, for celebrations in the past. Um, I actually have an Incident on Ord Mantell uh, pulp novel cover from uh, Europe 2016 Star Wars celebration that uh, Lindsay surprised me with um, for Christmas one year. Nice. And, Um, they are, like, signed and hand-numbered. Um, I, the one that I have is signed and hand-numbered. Um, I'm assuming that these will be as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, you pre-order them now, pay, and then pick them up at the artist's table, um, when you're at Celebration. So, anyways, um, to answer your question, the two pieces that I purchased was, uh, Maelstrom, which is the uh, Kylo and Rey throne room battle scene. Um, that was like the one where I was like, yeah, I have to, I have to own this. Um, you know, the the throne room fight in Last Jedi is like one of my favorite Star Wars moments of ever. And um, so having that um, immortalized in a print, um, yeah, that had to happen. Um and then the other one I purchased was um the Heart of the Rebellion. <laughs> um because there are just some wonderful characters <laughs> on this. Um it is uh front and center, we have uh Admiral Radis and Admiral Akbar. Uh we have a lot of uh man calamari's here we have elo asti we have uh we have hera from rebels Nenub. um two tubes like you you just have everyone on here um and i i just absolutely adore this piece like it's so cool and uh so i had to get that one
0: yeah, that one is that one's great too. So, um, and Ryan, I, I hesitate to tell you this because um, I feel like you've already spent uh, a fair amount on on celebration art, and you probably know this anyways. But for anybody who's listening and decides to go check out the show uh, or the the link in the show notes um, and look at the art here, there is a big black button above um, the the thumbnails that says "Click here to view pre order info for other artists." So there's a bunch of uh, celebration art that is not on presale now, but you can see yes. it. That you can check out at the show and there's some great pieces in there too um there's there's one called no one's ever really gone on that one too which i think is uh, gorgeous and uh that one looks really great and and there's uh there's one from uh actually i think friend of the show i'll say spencer brinkerhoff um who is a, a star wars artist and uh i guessed it on one of his um star wars rebels podcasts uh way back when and that is uh it's a, a framed multi-layered cut paper LED shadow box of Yoda, and it's called Luminous Beings. Um, and that, that one will be on sale at the show, so that's cool. Um, the, oh,
1: that one is... I'm just looking at these for the first time now. Yeah, how about um, I Know
0: by Kayla Woodside? You want to talk about a beautiful oh, poster there. Oh, my
1: there. God. Actually, like I am loving uh, Spencer's shadow box thing here. Yeah. Um, that I may have to pick up. the The Reunion of Scoundrels...
0: Yeah, 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 that one's good.
1: Is awesome. Um wait, is this Oh, Raise Faith. Oh, but it says Faith. I I oh. I didn't I
0: purposely did not mention that one cuz I love that artist, oh. uh Russell Walks. I think he's really great and uh I think that one is beautiful, but then like <laughs> it looks like one of those posters you it see in a like dentist's dentist office or something. Yeah, oh, it's bad. No. Yep, so Oh,
1: but it's so good. Like, I kinda just wanna like cut off the word faith. Yeah, don't buy
0: this <laughs> two hundred and fifty piece uh limited edition art from Russell Walks and then cut it in half, please. Like the... <laughs> Don't do that. Um but um, it is nice if oh if, if you God. like that part, you know, that's Yeah. Good, no, so.
1: like it's I that's just like my personal taste. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. Yeah. There's um, there's some gorgeous the, stuff though. There is another uh some of the many of the female uh yeah, key Star Wars figures. Oh, that one's nice. Awesome. What about High Stakes Jeez. at
0: the top? The 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 solo, uh, you know, um, Sabaki.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do we have Do we have Therm Scissor Punch in there?
0: I don't know. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. He's he's got his back to us up front, doesn't he? Isn't that Therm there?
1: Oh, nice. But that that's yeah. The the oh that because that's a different angle the, than we see it. Yeah. oh the color
0: the color the like the lighting and the color in that is gorgeous like it's got this beautiful atmosphere to it that's that's an amazing piece right there
1: oh my goodness anyway there's a lot of gorgeous
0: art um so definitely you know click through the links and go check that stuff out because there's some there's some great stuff there and um you know i I think it's really nice the ones that are on pre-order like i'm hoping to grab that uh, that Phantom Menace poster before it sells out here, and uh, you know to be able to buy it now and then pick it up there. It's like something I'm gonna get at the show, but I don't have to have that sixty dollars on me at the show, which I probably won't have that sixty dollars on me at the show. So you know what I mean. There you go. Yeah. I'm a I'm a. If you see me at celebration, uh, say hello and also um, know that I'll have a backpack full of like peanut butter and jelly because uh, I'm not like. I don't go to celebration and spend like hundreds and hundreds of dollars because I don't have hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know. So just going is kind of my expense, and then I'll pick up like one or two items while I'm there. But seriously, like the last celebration I went to, I spent like less than I think I spent less than forty dollars on on things that I bought at the show. Like I just don't, you know. Um, I would if I could, but I can't, and also I'm running out of room to put stuff. So um, you know, <laughs> but um, but again, like separating the cost because you buy this. I bought the celebration pass in june of last year you know um we've already paid for our airbnb uh you know like so like on april 11th or whatever when i get there it's not there's not that much money i have to spend necessarily uh, especially with us driving and everything you know so um that that's cool um but yeah but but even you know just being able to kind of like separate this expense from the actual weekend it just makes it nice you know Yeah,
1: I'm. I've already uh, starting with this paycheck. I've already been putting uh, money away. Putting money away. Yep. That's Um, cool. That's that's the way to do it. That's what you got to do. One heads up: if you are planning on buying prints at um, at a convention, this is poster tube. Poster tube. Bring a poster tube, or bring. um, You can get like plastic sleeves. That are like, you know, like what you used to put like baseball cards in, um, yeah. like the hard plastic to keep it flat. Um, you can get those in different sizes, and those are really good for, uh, for buying prints. Um, usually at Comic Cons, um, I've never been to a celebration, but I've been to a bajillion Comic Cons. Um, you can There's always vendors selling the, the sleeves, um, but I don't know if there will be at Celebration. No, there celebration. Will. Okay,
0: there will. But if you can, you know, if you can get a poster tube or the sleeves ahead of time, you probably save some money. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, and you can probably I mean, if you if you're pre-ordering art online, then you can you know exactly what size it's going to be and you can you can buy the right sleeves and you know, because they're not going to have every size there is obviously either, you know, in these sleeves. So yep, good tip um okay there's a bunch of names announced for star wars celebration we're just going to run through them and then probably have to wrap up the show so we got ray park we got billy d that's pretty exciting Um, that is a lot of rebels love tia sakar taylor gray Freddie prince jr are going to be there um clone wars matt lanter is going to be there um alan tudyk which i'm really excited for you know k2so Mm -hmm. if he does a panel which i hope he will that 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 would be a, a great panel to go to and not one you'd have to sleep overnight for, you know, so that'd be good. Uh, Julian Glover, shout out to veers watch, which by the way, when they shouted him out on star Wars, uh, the star Wars show, that was so good. Um, that was so good so 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 happy yes
1: fierce watch is having a good year
0: yes he is having a good year he is having a good year yeah so um there's there's gonna be a ton of guests and and like i said uh, earlier like this is how it goes with celebration they're they're holding off for the biggest announcements until maybe two weeks before one week before so they're gonna keep doing this uh for a few more weeks and i don't know when we'll get the schedule It'll probably be one to two weeks before the show honestly but um the sooner the better, but, uh, yeah, I think they, they like to hold some of these reveals and I bet some of these things are probably still locking down, um, at this point too. So we'll see, but, uh, but yeah, I already have the star Wars celebration app downloaded on my phone, even though it's all information from Orlando 2017, but, uh, <laughs> one day that'll update and it'll have new art and it'll look better and, uh, it'll have the schedule. So that's, uh, that's something to, to do to get, to get stoked. Uh, Ryan, is it okay if we hold off on a resistance until next week?
1: yeah I feel like we've been doing this like three episodes in a row. I know but... um we're we're always like yeah let's uh let's talk about uh resistance at the end of the episode, but like we haven't talked about resistance for a while. maybe we should just do a resistance episode, and maybe we should just um wait till the end of the season
0: maybe maybe although i do think like we're this close it's like, true that's a good point although i do want to get people pumped for uh these last episodes like if you're not watching the show i would say watch the last like you don't have to watch it from the beginning really at this point you know i mean you should but it, it just watch the last like three episodes and then watch each week until the end of the season because it's getting really good right now you you will understand what's going on for the most part like you'll figure it out it's not that complicated and now we're getting like really like i think we are now uh, like days before the force awakens we have to be because uh in, in a recent episode poe dameron showed up and he's like gotta go tomorrow leia's sending me to Jakku, so we're we're right there um yeah, And stuff is getting, like, the First Order presence on, on the Colossus is getting uh, really intense. And, yeah, it's just the show is getting really good. Last week's episode, The Disappeared, I think, hands down the best um, episode of the show so far. Uh, or at least right up there, right in the running anyway. That was really good. And uh, I know that um, today's episode is going to be great, too. I don't have access to it yet. But, um, you know, that one's uh, going to be airing tonight. And depending on what kind of on-demand app you have, you might be able to watch it right now. So, yeah. Um, although you're not listening to this right now, so whatever, but it's Sunday morning and that episode's (laughs) coming out anytime. So, um, yeah, excited. Yeah. Okay. We got to wrap the show. We're over two hours. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're ridiculous, but, uh, sorry. Good thing we have chapters now. You can skip around to the stuff you actually care about. Um, but we didn't tell you that at the top, so if you're already here, oh my gosh. Okay, anyway, uh, sorry, we're going to wrap up. <laughs> uh, so thanks very much for listening. If you're still here with us, um, you can check out anything we do at podcast.com Please send us your feedback, even if it's just, can you tighten up these shows? Can you make them a little shorter? Uh, send us that feedback to blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at blockade run. Ryan, you are on Twitter at
1: brawn dwarf b-r-a-w-n-d-w-a-r-f and in response to your question imaginary listener um i don't think we can (laughs) we probably can't really try we cannot (laughs) stop talking about star wars it's a huge problem
0: yeah we probably can't shorten them up but we can at least like i said in the audio podcast we do have chapters now so if you see a topic on the list and you're like i don't care about that um you can skip it and that might make us a more manageable show to listen to so Um, All right, let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast.